Hello, it is Friday, July 3rd, and an interview you're going to hear today, people were talking about me potentially finding my actual father. Tim McAfee is obviously my dad, my hero. I look a lot like him. But we talked to Sean Casey, the mayor, who's from Pittsburgh originally, still lives in Pittsburgh, three-time all-star for the MLB. We talked all things baseball. He'll be on MLB Network today for seven hours. They're doing a spring training, like, special thing. We'll talk about it. You're going to love the conversation. Absolutely love it. Then AJ Hawk and I chop it up a little bit. We have some more conversations, and I think you're going to enjoy the hell out of today. It's July 3rd. I can't thank you enough for listening. If you enjoy this show, please tell a friend. And if you don't, just act like it never fucking happened. Let's get to it. Something massive is popping off tomorrow night on the MLB Network. A seven-hour MLB Tonight special. Starting at 11 a.m. with teams holding their first workouts back. One of the electric personalities that will be a part of that seven-hour marathon of event on MLB Network. The mayor. Former baseball legend, Sean Casey. Yeah! 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 What's up, fellas? How we doing? How's it going, Donner? It's going good. Dude, I wore my Pittsburgh shirt, bro. Got to represent Plum out there. Hey, I like you know? it. I had a lot of friends over there at Upper St. Clair. You guys had like a uh, university as a high school. <laughs> much different than Plum, Sean. Uh, much different. The uh, Let's talk about you being awesome, can we? Everybody, everybody that has ever met you and knows me is like, you need to talk to Sean Casey. Not a single person has ever said anything bad about you. That is a good thing, Sean. Well, I hear the same thing about you, bro. Whenever I go on the local channel here, WDV, they're like, you got to go on. You got to get Pat McAfee and Sean Casey on the same show. So, you know, we finally made it happen. I know John Entz was out there with his own, too. Uh, and, but, you know, it was, t- was telling me, you know, you, that you got to get together with Pat McAfee. So I'm glad we finally connected, bro. I'm hey, glad we finally connected. Hey, Pittsburgh people, I mean, pretty similar humans. If you're from the Pittsburgh tribe, the Yinzer tribe, yeah. you're, you're <laughs> normally a pretty similar group of people. Sean, let's talk about baseball. Let's talk about the baseball. Dominated the headlines the last couple weeks. I mean, mostly because the commissioner and the players union couldn't get along. They get a deal done, and now spring training starting. You guys got that seven-hour thing tomorrow. It's got to feel good that there's going to be baseball coming back, Sean. I think it feels great. I mean, I know it feels great for us in the baseball world because, you know, we love baseball. And, uh, but I think just for, you know, now it's such a crazy time in our you know, culture with everything that's going on with COVID and, and everything. So, you know, just to have, uh, you know, baseball back for America for hopefully for something us to get away from, to watch, to enjoy. And, uh, you know, even if it's 60 games, you know, at the end of the day, it's something. It's something that we can grab onto. And uh, and and really enjoy. I talked to Euclid two weeks before you. you. Hey, good. Hey, that was. Awesome. I'm happy you jumped in there. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> so I talked to Euclid and. Um, 
two weeks before the deal done or 10 days before the deal got done. He said, if it's not 80 games, let's not talk about it, right? And then the 60-game deal got done, and I asked him, he was like, I don't care about the 80 games. I'm just happy that there's baseball <laughs> back. Is that how you felt? Is that kind of how you thought? Because I didn't fully understand why a shortened season was such a big deal for baseball. And then mm-hmm. once people started educating me on how rosters are built and pitchers and rotations, and that's a very big deal. This 60-game season is something I think is going to be very different than normal baseball, right? Well, the cool thing about 60 games is that, you know, I remember being on the Reds in 04, and, and we turned out to be one of the worst teams in the, in, the, in the league that year. But at the break, we were, we, were the, we were first in the Central. So in a two-and-a-half-month period, we were like, oh, my God, we're the best team in baseball. And then all of a sudden, by the end of the year, we're like, oh, my God, we're the worst team in baseball, right? So the great thing about the 60 games is it's a, it's a sprint. Like, like you're built as a, as a big leaguer. For the marathon, you're you know teams are built for six months, but any team could win it for two months, and so that's what I kind of like. Like sixty games, you know, you talk about the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Astros. Guess what? You had two bad weeks, and you're one of the best teams in the game. You're gone. It's just the way it goes. So any team, the Pirates, and any any no, Sean, Sean, you never know. The Buccos, no, Buccos could do a two month sprint, Pat. And freaking boom, you might see a championship like Phil Mazeroski right here. <laughs> I love me Mazeroski diner, but what, that I think that Nutting Family will figure out a way to ruin it if they are doing good. I think they'll figure out a way. They'll throw a money bag on the ball somehow and ruin the entire. Let's let's talk about the Pirates. Why do they stink? What is why 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 is it? Because I grew up in Pittsburgh, okay, and right. like you. 20-some years of losing seasons, okay? Then they get that hot season with McCutcheon, and they get they start selling out. I mean, PNC Park was selling out every single night, and then they're like, you know what? Let's ruin it. Why does that happen? Why Why? Why does that happen in baseball, Sean? Why? Let's ruin it. <laughs> Let's ruin it. Oh, man. You know what? I, I, think, I think, well, first off, they did a great job of player development. They had some great – they had, you know, they, they, had the, uh, they had the pitching staff. I mean, they, they, they really did. They had the horses – at the end of the day, you know, Major League Baseball, either you got the guys on the bump every fifth day or you don't. And I think for those years they did. They had a good bullpen. Clint Hurdle brought a positive energy to that crew. I don't know if you were at that, that wild card game when, when they were chanting Cueto and he dropped the ball and the place went absolutely nuts. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? And Russell Martin homered. And, you know, so, you know, and, and I you know, Pat, too, like, you know, everyone feels Pittsburgh's such a big Steeler town, but man, you go back to the days of Clemente and Stargell and Maz and those guys. Like this was a this this is a Bucko town. This is a this is a Pittsburgh town. So I think the the losing was it was frustrating for people that were watching it. You know that that live here in the city. But I just think it's you know it, it, there is something about being in a, in a in a smaller market and and having to you know, really be good at player development and really be good at the free agents that you sign. Uh, I missed this earlier in the intro, but um, happy birthday, Mary. Yeah! <laughs> Another trip around Thank the sun, you. Sean. Thank you. Another trip around the sun. Congratulations, the big 30. Okay, now you're living. Um, whenever you were growing up, were you always baseball? Oh, you know what? I was I was always well. This is I was always baseball, but I was football too because you gotta be if you're from Pittsburgh, you gotta try football. You know, I didn't didn't go to the NFL like you did and dominate, but I remember my fret my fresh my fresh my freshman oh my year in uh, in high school. They're like I played on the freshman team. They're like, all right, Casey, like get in there on goal line defense, and it was like one of those things where like I was I was like a bigger kid. I was more like heftier, like 
too many McDonald's cheeseburgers. Oh, you know what I mean? yeah. So I, was, McChickens. So I wasn't like, oh. yeah, so I wasn't like, so I wasn't strong, but I was bigger. So like get down there and goal line defense. And I remember getting my four point stance. Helmet didn't fit. I'm down like this. <laughs> they hiked the ball. Boom. Pan- against Baldwin. I get pancaked. I'm laying there. Running back steps on my chest. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I can't breathe. So I was so mad. I grabbed the guy, pulled him down on me. That, that pancake me. Broke my wrist. Out for the season. No more football ever again. <laughs> <laughs> So then I started playing baseball. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it worked out. It worked. It yeah. absolutely worked out. What position did you play? Uh, in baseball? Yeah, I was a first baseman because I couldn't. I I I wasn't the great. I couldn't throw that great, and I didn't run well, but I could hit. And then if they, it, it, that's when they put you at first, so I dominated. <laughs> were you switch hitter or lefty righty? What were you? No, it was just I threw righty, but I batted lefty. I couldn't. Yeah, and me now too. I golf righty. Go. I'm a mess. Hey, me too. I think. I think me too. I played a game for the Washington Wild Things. You know the Washington. <laughs> you know the Washington Wild Things. Yeah, outside. Oh yeah, of, I know the Washington. Wild I played right field. It was the first time in my life I ever played baseball. So my dad didn't let me play baseball. First time ever. Starting right field for Washington Wild Things. Then I always assumed because I golf righty, I play hockey righty, I throw righty. I assumed I was a righty. So I get in the like I didn't take any BP really until right the day of the game. So I I. I hit righty. I make contact all three times. Okay, make oh, contact. That's good. Yeah, not bad. Thank you. <laughs> but I think, I think we've learned, though, that I'm a lefty. Like, I, I think I'm a lefty. So I need another shot at that damn thing. I, I really do. What is it about hitting that made you a good hitter? You could just see the ball? Is that what it is? <laughs> You know what? I, I think you know. I think there is definitely something to be said about eye hand coordination. Like I knew I always had really good eye hand coordination. Like just playing ping pong in the basement when I was twelve. I'm like, man, I got elite eye hand coordination. I'm returning. I'm returning everything. It's unbelievable, right? So <laughs> that was the first time I realized, hey, I got I got a shot. But I think there's just something about that eye hand coordination. And when you get you know to that level of the big leagues, and or you know even moving up, like you know. It's it's really getting so visual and being able to slow the game down and let the ball travel and then just squaring it up. It's just not an easy thing to do, and you know it's it's a skill you just got to work on every day. And and uh, you know and th- and now that you know you're lefty, go back to the wild things, bro. Maybe you hit a couple doubles in the gap. Excuse and, me. And and and, and your and your claim to fame isn't just hey, I put three balls in play. Like I want some hits. Uh, I want hits. Excuse me. Got on base. <laughs> Billy Bean would have signed me. I got three thirty three <laughs> on base percentage. <laughs> Because of an overthrow. Uh, nobody, it's, I take credit for that. Um, and also, the Washington Wild Things, they're going to have to come to the negotiating table because the Birmingham Barons, yeah. the Ooh. Birmingham Barons have got into the conversation. I go from Frontier League to Double A in my first two ever baseball games, potentially. I'm pumped for it, Sean. You went for you went from South Hills Fed League to Double A. All right, <laughs> All right. take it easy. South Hills is a part of Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, by the way. Uh, what? So who? Because you were such a good hitter, and uh, you were around for a long time. Now you're part of the MLB Network. This hiatus that has happened since the last spring training, and then there's going to be a shortened spring training here to come back in and the games. Who does it favor? And when I asked Euclid, he was like, he has no idea. He thinks it's going to be like an individual case-to-case basis. But as a hitter, do you think like earlier in the year it's a lot harder to hit, or do you have to find a groove, or do you think hitters will be able to find it early and the pitchers won't be able to find it here? You know, I, I think the big thing with, with baseball is, you know, when you go to spring training, it, it, it's unbelievable. You're hitting all offseason. You're raking. You're, you know, you're hitting off the machines, maybe some BP. 
and then you get into that first day of live, you know, live BP where you're facing like a, a legit pitcher and you're like, you're facing your number five starter and he throws a fastball. You're like, boom. You're like, oh my God, I feel like Pat McAfee in the All right. Oh, All right. Oh, man. Take it easy. No, but you start to think like, no, man, like those first couple days of spring training when you're facing live pitching, the pitchers definitely have the advantage. But I do think that the players will have a spring training and come come opening day, day one, the, the hitters will be ready to, to face those pitchers. I think it'll be an even matchup, no doubt about it. Who was a pitcher you loved facing? Oh, man, I loved I loved facing uh, Jose Lima. Rest in peace. Oh, yeah. Jose Lima would just, I, I mean, he would just poop it right up there for me. Just <laughs> right, right, about 92 miles an hour right down the middle. Boom, you could put some barrel on it. It was great. <laughs> Rest in peace to Jose. Yeah. This man's passed away. I yep. can't even I can't even ask him for his rebuttal to this. I mean, have a little respect. Um oh, he was the best. He was the best. Yeah, there's another one. Scott, are you the kidding mayor. me? Ah, uh, the mayor, yeah. The um you work for the MLB network now. And I don't know if the MLB network was one of the original ones, but now every major league has their own network. I did some work at the NFL network whenever I was still playing, and Roger Goodell is the boss there. Roger Goodell is the boss of the NFL. Yeah. Is that the same with the MLB network with Rob Manfred? Is he the boss over there? And do you guys ever hear from the MLB for anything you say or do or the restrictions? Because I know the NFL network has some stuff like, hey, this is what we definitely can't. We got to do it. There's some of that. But is it the same yeah. for the MLB network as well? Well, Rob Manfred, obviously MLB Network, we're owned by Major League Baseball. So at the end of the day, Manfred probably is the ultimate boss. I think Tony Batiti, who's right, who's right, who's Rob Manfred's right hand man, started MLB Network, and Rob McGlary, who's there now, is really our boss at the network. But yeah, I'd say Manfred, no doubt about it. I mean, you know, we, but we, I think they do a good job. I mean, they let us be us, you know, our own personalities, and you know, let us have our opinions. And there's not many times that they'll they'll really say anything to us that you know censors us for anything that we say this is what unless I you get really crazy well this is what i want you to say tomorrow during that seven hour thing rob manford is the worst commissioner in the history of professional <laughs> sports just say it sean just say it if it's not a big deal just say it sean just say it you might be nice just say it you never know sean i i can't say that i can't say that and i tell you what i i know i know you i know everyone has their opinions and i know rob very well i mean but you know at the end of the day the, the the relationship with the union and the and the commissioner's office has always been one where like you got to kind of figure things out and you you're always negotiating and you know obviously it, it can look it probably looked bad in the public opinion but at the end of the day you know Rob works for those owners and 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 Tony Clark and those guys work for the union and they try to got to try to come together and figure out what's best for baseball and 60 games is what they came up with so because there's a Manfred came out and said that he wasn't going to go anywhere near more 60 games, which could potentially be negotiating in bad faith, which could become a grievance. We won't even dive into that. But the because there's 162 games, guaranteed contracts, a lot of money. Is the relationship between the union and the MLB, and you wouldn't know because you're not in the NFL, but for us, like the relationship for the NFL Players Association and the NFL, it only comes up once every 10 years. Like whenever the new CBA, you don't really hear much else. Like whatever's done there, okay, like we'll be upset if Roger Goodell does something, but then it's ultimately like, well, that was the CBA we agreed to. Is there always something happening between the MLB Players Association and the MLB because of how much money, guaranteed money, and there's, is there a little bit more drama automatically built in because of that? I think so. I mean, like any big business, I mean, it's a billion dollar industry. So I think there's always, you know, uh, you know, you, 
we're lucky we have unions where, you know, that you have, you know, people that can, you know, fight for your rights, you know, as far as from the player's point of view. But, hey, at the end of the day, I mean, like I said, it's a it's a multi-billion dollar industry. And, uh, you know, yeah, I think it's the same way as it was in the NFL. There's always going to be a little tension there to try and figure out that middle ground to, for what works both for, for, for uh, best for both parties. Sean, we got to get to a break on radio. Will you stick around on YouTube? Yeah, I'd love to. Okay, love to. let's get to a break on radio. Uh, we'll see you on the other side to wrap up hour one. Uh, Sean Casey, the mayor, will join us and continue to talk to us at youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee Show. There we go. Hey, Sean! <laughs> woo, woo! Hey, um, who's going to win it all this year? Who's going to win it all, Sean? Early prediction, money down. Who's going to win it? Wow. Wow. Because um, you said I, in your little rant earlier, you're like, Yankees have a bad week. They're out. Dodgers have true. a bad week. They're out. That's <laughs> true. I mean, I, I literally think I think the greatest thing about 60 games is it it's unheard of for, for, for players even. They've never been in this, you know, have had this opportunity. Because every game is going to be like a playoff game. Every it, and what oh, it's going to do awesome. is it's going to expose some managers too, as far as as far as that goes. How but, how how? Because think about this: when you're in the postseason, and and how managers use their bullpens, you know how managers use uh, guys that they you know have to pinch hit for. Uh, you know, openers nowadays are such a are, are a bigger deal. Hey, do we start this guy for two innings and then do a bullpen matching game? So in the postseason, you say, oh, man, that manager, really, he managed well. Over 162, sometimes you're just throwing your horses out there. Boom, you got your, you got your guys every night, and it just plays itself out. In 60 games, that manager and the strategy is going to matter more than, it, more than it has. So it's going to expose who are the good and bad managers. Got to be cerebral out there. Sean, you mentioned the openers. Like, do you think, because the Rays did that a lot last year, do you think mm -hmm. more teams will do that on the shortened season? Like, the more, open, more openers will become more of a thing? Oh, I definitely think so because think about it. A lot of the, a lot of the teams that don't have the money to have the great staffs, right? That don't have those five horses. Maybe they have maybe they have two, right? Maybe they have two guys. So all of a sudden, maybe they got a pretty good bullpen. So later in later in the rotations, oh man, you know what? When we get to our fourth starter, we don't have the fourth starter. We start with an opener. We do a bullpen by committee game, and all of a sudden those games start to add up. You got a good bullpen. I think you're going to see more teams in the 60 games use an opener, uh, you know, the way that Tampa Bay did, the way Oakland did, no doubt about it. You told me that the modern pitchers, the younger pitchers, they're not trying to do complete games. They're out there throwing mud, was his exact <laughs> words, which I guess mud is fastball. I learned that little baseball lingo. Do you think you're going to see pitchers throwing longer or shorter in more repetition, more starts, if that makes sense? Yeah, I think, I think he's right. You know, I think you're seeing more um, – you're not seeing a lot of guys go three, four times through the, through the lineups. You know, you're seeing max effort, guys throwing a little harder. Maybe they go five, six innings, and then you bring in the bullpens. Because, you know, I think, I think people realize how important bullpens are, especially in this 60-game season. You know, you can really do that more. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think Uke's right when he says that, that, you know, you're going to see guys five, six innings, you know, and, and, and you're going to see the starters getting out of there. Is Frank Thomas at the MLB Network? 
No, he's uh, he's with Fox, but Frank is a big man, large human, and just a wonderful guy. Greatest players ever. I was going to ask about Nugenics. <laughs> I was going to ask about Nugenics. Sean, we do have to talk about utilizing supplements because your sport loved it. Your sport, your, sport, your sport absolutely loved it. Yeah, your sport doesn't love no, it. No, no, hey, no, 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 Sean. Sean, we don't talk about it over here. But listen, it might happen, but we don't talk about it. The um, the culture of baseball, I'm so intrigued by it because you live like rock stars. You're on the road, right? And then it feels like the culture is like however you can get a little bit of an advantage. And then when the game had to change whenever, what, Congress cracked down or whoever came mm -hmm. in and uh, George Bush, who was an owner of one of the teams who, and also president, said, we have to take this out of the game. Was that a massive changeup for the culture of baseball? Because it feels like, and I might be, they weren't even testing for some stuff back in the day. So it's not like they were promoting it, but they also weren't like, hey, don't do it. And it felt like, I think when you listen to Alex Rodriguez talk about it or anybody else talk about it, they're like, there's a lot of money on the line and you're looking around and you see a lot of people on stuff and you're like, well, fuck, if I take it, maybe I'll get a chance. To get Is that kind of how it was back in the day? Yeah, that's a great question, you know, because I, I don't think as many guys took it as you think. Really? I think there were, uh, there's no doubt about it. No, I mean, I was, I was in, I was in the locker rooms, you know, obviously, and, and, you know, you still saw a lot of baseball bodies, you know what I mean? You're like, okay, that guy's definitely not doing it. It was the guy, it was the guys that came back from four months of uh, the off season and you go, you put on 40 pounds of muscle. I was just, I'm just wondering. I worked out every day with a personal trainer. I put on two pounds. I wouldn't know how you put on four. But, but there was, I felt like those guys were few and far between. It's, I think it's when you see the superstar players doing stuff that you go, now that's different. They were already superstars, and now they're at a different stratosphere you know, of, 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 of ability. So I don't know, Pat. Like, I, I really think, like, I know I, I played in that steroid era, you know, if you want to call it that, but I don't think as many guys were on it as, as people think. It just, you know, but I do think there were some elite players that were on it that went to an, a, another level. Yeah, welcome back to the Pat McAfee Show here for the radio uh, listeners that just came back. Sean Casey just told us that he took all of the steroids. <laughs> <laughs> I was the guy that needed it. I needed it. I I took the protein shakes. I should have, you know, it's unbelievable. I'm just kidding. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau drank nine. Uh -huh. He's drinking yeah. nine protein shakes a day right now. It's insanity. Sean Casey did not say that, by the way. <laughs> I just want to know what you said. A guy that didn't need it. What was it like playing with Ken Griffey Jr.? Was he just the best hitter of all, like, that you've ever been around? Dude, that's sweet. You know what? It was this the sweetest swing you've ever seen in your life. And, uh, you know, just, I always, I always joke around, you know, a couple quick stories. Like, so Griff, you know, one of those guys never in the weight room, you know, and you're like, how's this guy doing? You know what I mean? Like, you're wondering, how's he, how's he so strong, right? And I remember one day I was going to the training room. He was coming out of the training room. We kind of met in the hallway. And it was like a small hallway. And, and, and we just like kind of bumped. And I'm like, I was like, you want to go? He's like, let's get it on. So next thing you know, me and Griff are in the hallway. No one's around. We start grappling. I throw him in like a half Nelson, you know, boom, we shoot. I maybe a headlock and I'm giving him a noogie or something like that, you know? And next thing I know, like Griff had this big thing. He would always come up to you like he was Spock and he'd hit you with like the Vulcan death grip. And you're like, ah, ah, you know, you're in the dugout. Like, gee, it's unbelievable, right? So he would hit you with these pressure points. So we're wrestling one day and I'm thinking to myself, I'm jacked. I'm, I'm, I'm lifting all this stuff. And Griff doesn't really lift. Next thing you know, he takes his fingers like this. He shoots them under my rib cage. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never felt this kind of pain in my life. Like, ah! And he picks... 
He picks me up like I'm a four-year-old little kid, and he pins me against the wall like this. Boink! And I'm 240, and I'm just like, oh, my God. And I'm like, in so much pain. I'm like, let me down, Griff. Let me down. He's like, are we done? I'm like, we're done. We're done. We're done. Let's never wrestle again. Let's never wrestle again. I was like, that must be how you hit 630 homers with that kind of strength. You so he, I mean? he's just the smoothest, coolest dude of all time is what everybody said about him. And, and to be, he was hyped up to be that guy. And then he gets put in that position. And then he lives up to it without any drama, with just doing everything the right way. No steroid talk or anything like that. And to be honest, it kind of reminds me of LeBron. Right, like LeBron was hyped up for his entire life, and then he gets in there, and somehow, being on top of the world, he has done a magnificent job of staying away from any distractions and building everything up. It felt like Ken Griffey Jr. was that same guy. He was built up to be yeah. this dude, and then he he was everything that everybody expected him to be. It, it's kind of funny that you know I I met LeBron James when he was 18 years old before he even went into the, went in the NBA because he loved Griff. Griffey was like his, you know, his idol. So it, it, it's not surprising to see their their careers kind of parallel each other as far as that goes. Griff was, man. I mean, listen, he was Michael Jordan when he came to the Reds. And, you know, when he went out, he lived a different life. Like when we walk outside the hotel, it was like bees to honey. Boom. It was like it was unbelievable. Like it was it was it must have been crazy to be him because like everywhere <laughs> he went. Yeah, was, boom, bees. You know what I mean? It was like, it was like he was the queen. We'll see you next hour. Yeah, <laughs> radio, we're going to radio. We'll see you in the second hour. Sean Casey continues with us. <laughs> radio just went to a heart out there. I'm a great radio host. He's <laughs> 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 an absolutely great radio host, <laughs> I'm so, so bad. But he, um, Jesus, the, uh, I don't even know where to go from there. I, I don't even know where to go. Well, I, I got one more thing about Griff. Let's I remember, go. you know, like, you know, you always wonder, man, how is this guy so good? And one day I went out to hit early and I started to realize he hits early. Griff used to hit early every day by himself. And when I go out to take batting practice, I might shoot one to left, shoot, shoot a couple to left, shoot a couple to center, shoot a couple to right. Now his batting practice is he's going home runs to left, home runs to center, home runs to right. Like he was working on driving the ball. Like his batting practice was never like, let me flip one to left and center. It was like, let me drive it out of the ballpark, left, center, and right. It was it was phenomenal to watch. What phenomenal. Is a, uh, this makes me think about how Sammy Sosa said the court to bat was used for batting practice and not for the – I'm not saying Ken Griffey ever would do that. And I like the no. fact that Ken Griffey turned batting practice into a home run derby every fucking day. That makes me like him even more. But Sammy Sosa got caught up in that court to bat thing where he's is a BP bat that he accidentally used in a game was his excuse. What does a court to bat do? It's just lighter so you can swing it fast? Like what is a court – how does that help? Yeah. I think so, and it, you know, you you. I think, I know, I don't. I, I never corked the bat, but there's different ways to do it. But I heard some people would cork it and then stick like rubber balls in there, and then oh. boom, and it would it would act like a, it would almost act like a, you know, a rubber ball off your bat. What's That's a, what the cork, the what, action does. What's those practice bat Fung fungos? So it's like oh, a fungo. Yeah. They turn the bat. It's like a fungo. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a fungo. It just jumps off the bat, and uh, yeah, it's crazy. I I, I ne and I've never. I've never seen anybody cork a bat. You know, I know Sosa got busted doing it, but do you think he was doing it every? Is that no. why he was in the race with Mark McGuire? Aside no. from everything, I don't. Else? Ooh, I don't. No. I'd like to think not, but oh, I don't know. Thank you. That and the juice. <laughs> so he had, he had rubber, rubber balls inside of his. No bat balls were found in that with bat. steroids. As well. <laughs> no balls were found in that bat. Listen, I'm not going to bash Sammy Sosa. The Chicago Cubs have already ruined everything about that. Oh, Chicago on. Cubs have already tried to bury him as much as possible. I'm not going to say it, but that is, 
That is pretty damning evidence there. That the it bat was planted. <laughs> Everyone knows the bat was planted. <laughs> He's a big, big Cubs fan. Sean, happy birthday. I mean, this was amazing. You, you, you were amazing. Everything that they said about you, 100% accurate. I would love to talk to you again. Dude, you're the best, Pat. Dude, I love your show, bro. Love that you're from the Berg, and I'll see you, I'll see you guys again soon. I hope we'll do it again. Do you still live in Pittsburgh? Yeah, I'm in Pittsburgh right now. I'm in I'm in I'm in Upper St. Clair right now. What are you guys gonna do for seven hours? You're just gonna sit on a Zoom call tomorrow? Yeah, probably. We'll just be bouncing in and out and uh, you know, try and bring as much awesome baseball stuff to the guys as everybody as possible. Go ahead and sneak in there, Rob Manford, big stooge. <laughs> Sean Don I'm sorry, I don't you taught me you thought I don't think he's a stooge anymore after talking to Sean Casey. So Rob, give this man a raise if you can. Ladies and gentlemen from Pittsburgh, three times all star, electric human, happy birthday. Day, Sean Casey. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you. You're awesome. Hey, he was awesome. Electric. It stinks that Manfred just eats his feet for breakfast, lunch, and dinner because these baseball players are nuclear no. weapons. You awesome. <laughs> Great yeah. guys. Fucking Sean Kayser, how about whenever he was like, yeah, boom! Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that was... Imagine him in a dugout. Bro, he was looking... Oh. He was in the camera yeah, <laughs> like this at one point. I fucking love that guy. I'm yeah. not sure I've ever seen the chat so positive. Yeah, He's so many the... electric bolts in the chat. Oh, my God. We're like, is this Pat's real dad? <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry to interrupt, but I need to tell you about the greatest shorts to ever exist. Okay, everybody knows I got big thighs, skies out, thighs out, quad father, all these things. So finding shorts is not easy. It's not easy to find shorts that fit. It's not easy to find things that are comfortable and move with me and have the liner inside that acts as boxer briefs, but is even more comfortable because it's not actually a part of the, you get it. It is bird dogs. Bird dogs are gym shorts with a built-in silky soft inner liner that makes underwear obsolete. Ha! Obsolete! They also make the best pants that I've ever worn. When you put these shorts on, you're going to be like, hey, I understand way back in the day, way back in the day, they tried to make the bathing suits that had the thing that held your kit and caboodle together. They were trying to eliminate underwear so you didn't have to get your underwear wet when you jumped in the pool. Well, Bird Dogs came along, revolutionized it, and made the most comfortable thing ever. You don't have to put on underwear, and you can wear these shorts in the gym. You can wear them in the pool, and you can even wear them to an office meeting if you have to. They look damn good, and the pants are fantastic as well. Right now, you go to BirdDogs.com and enter promo code PAT, and they'll throw in a free pair of nunchucks. Yup. You heard it. Nunchucks. You'll get an actual murder weapon along with your pair of bird dogs. That's birddogs.com, promo code PAT, and boom, free pair of nunchucks with your pair of bird dogs. You will not take these things off, I promise you. They are fantastic. I worked out on them today. I'll sleep in a pair tonight. You'll enjoy the hell out of them. Birddogs.com, promo code PAT. You get a free pair of nunchucks. Hi! We are live. Welcome to McAfee and Hawk Sports Talk. I may or may not have just uh, inhaled all the vitamins in Indiana before we came on the show. But this is a feel-good Thursday because we are off tomorrow for the Extendo Holiday mm -hmm. Weekend. America's Woo! birthday. I am Pat McAfee sitting to my left, Mr. A.J. Hawk. Yeah! Cowboy A.J. Yeah! Yeah! Hey, hey, hold on real quick. I'm just, I'm glad to... 
learned that we're we're not doing a show tomorrow. This is the first time hearing of this. <laughs> well, that's breaking news to you. Uh, <laughs> and what I've been told off air is you have some breaking news as well what? and it involves aussie rules football aj has some breaking news what? that i think it is time to let the world know and this is going to be a big one this could rattle some people down under i just want to let that be known well no i mean I, we didn't have to start off the show with it no, we yeah, we yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i saw some i know st kilda got it they got a big win whatever mm-hmm. that's it's great that was my squad but they're not anymore Pat. <gasps> you know who my squad is now who I don't know if any of the boys have them, but I mean, I don't know how I over, I didn't overlook them at first. Maybe it was their underwhelming restart after the COVID situation that got me a little bit down on them. But my, my, my Richmond Tigers have been oh, dominating your guy, you guys wow. forever. I know we started out a bit slow, but we're just taking it easy until we prime up for the championship. We won two out of the last three flags, Pat. All right. <laughs> All right. Wait, but AJ, uh, St. Kilda changed their mascot for you. Yeah, they literally changed their mascot to look more like you. Okay, <laughs> St. Kilda was pumped that you were their fan. And from what I've been told on the internet, Australia's not going to be happy with you changing teams. They say, hey, mate, you go down with the ship. That's the way the AFL is. But you, we've been saying this since the jump. You and old Dusty Martin are the same motherfucking people. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you go to the Richmond Tigers, I think this is a much better fit personally, even though St. Kilda tried their absolute best to keep you around as a fan. Yeah, they did. I mean, and they, hey, credit to St. Kilda. No, this is, it means nothing. I have no ill will towards you. But my guy, Trent Cotchin, the the captain of my squad, I just I felt I felt the pull. I needed to to jump on board with them, and and it also helps that they've been dominating your team for a while. But. All right, oh, <laughs> all right. Collingwood Magpies hit a little bit of a slump, and Steel Sidebottom is out for four weeks for getting half naked, arrested, or whatever. I mean, these. That's why I'm that's a fan real of the team. Name. Real name, Steel Sidebottom. Oh, <laughs> Steel Sidebottom, real name. Steel Sidebottom, real legend. Steel Sidebottom, real half naked last weekend. Steel Sidebottom, really suspended for the next four games. <laughs> a little bit of a tough go for old Steel Sidebottom. And I was thinking about potentially doing what you did there. You know, like maybe hop ship over to the Western Bulldogs because they got a kid named Bailey mm. Smith mm. who's 19, who has one. There's the actual report right there for Steel Sidebottom. Naked pie smacked with multi-game ban. <laughs> What a headline over there. Shout out to Australia still making great headlines. Yeah, yeah, that's it's not easy to do. But the Western Bulldogs have this kid named Bailey Smith who has this impeccable mullet. And he's a stud and he's 19. And I was like, you know, I love Mason Cox and Coxzilla. And he's the reason, you know, that I, I've become a Collingwood Magpie fan because we have an American over there doing it. But after watching the games, you know, I don't know if their style of play and story, I don't know if it's 100% matches up with me. And then I started getting some tweets from Australia like, hey, you go down with the Magpies now, pal. And now the Steel Sidebottom is suspended four games. It kind of brought me back. But what you did is going to be, I think, frowned upon pretty heavily down under with you just turned your back on the St. Kilda Saints right to go to the Richmond Tigers who were champions. Well, hopefully the Richmond Tiger fans will embrace my fandom of the squad and the guys know that I'm pulling for. They know you're not. Hey, no, nothing personal here. This is strictly business. This is strictly uh, where I feel like my Richmond Tigers are going. I feel like they are on a steady path upward, and I'm not sure if St. Kilda's on that same trajectory. Listen, but I'm worried that your your path uh, with the Richmond Tigers – I don't know if the Richmond Tigers fan base are going to come in with you, though, because they know that as soon as they hit a couple bumps in the road – you're out. Yeah. You're going to go yeah. somewhere yeah. else. It's about loyalty, AJ. Because guess what? I'm jumping on when they're down. They're at their lowest right now. The Richmond Tigers. I know this is a buy low, sell high. This is what they are. <laughs> Patriots, classic. Mm-hmm. This Cam Newton deal is still fucking insane. <laughs> AJ. Which, which part? The money? 
one million dollars and there's people right now stooges i think personally and i mean everybody's entitled to their opinion some are just wrong and there's a lot of people that have that that think cam newton isn't even going to start over jared stidham they think jared stidham's now maybe day one starter okay maybe jared stidham is starter game day one, one because cam game one i still think cam's a starter me too yeah but i'm 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 giving that up though in this conversation with the people who are saying I like, I'm I'm okay saying like maybe maybe Jared Sidham has because quarantine he just got to the team you know he's only going to have a couple of weeks whatever to but the Patriots will be able to coach him up if we know anything about them being good and they'll be able to make a game plan that revolves around what Cam Newton's good at so anybody that thinks that Jared Sidham's going to get the and this is going to be cut up for a freezing cold take if it ends up happening but Cam Newton is motivated Cam Newton took a deal for $1 million, which is less than a lot of terrible quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Mm -hmm. And Cam Newton is going to get put into a coaching system that will make him potentially his best player yet. I mean, let's go. I think Cam Newton, and I don't know how this happened. The rest of the NFL fucked it up. Rex Ryan even said that. Rex Ryan went on to ESPN, and Rex Ryan has said some hilarious things, obviously, throughout his years, but Rex Ryan is a defensive specialist, right? I mean, he has a good defensive brain. He took the Jets to the AFC Championship a couple times. I mean, he's, for all of his shenanigans, is a good mental uh, defensive coach, and he said the fact that everybody let this happen, now he's going to be the Patriots starter, is just absurd, basically. Yep. Cam Newton is a stud. I never had to play against him, obviously. He didn't punt return or kick return. You, I assume you did is cam newton if he's motivated and healthy what why would anybody think that he's going to stink what is, what is that about some of these older whites that think he's going to stink up there well i think some like you said some of the older whites they're letting their old school like beliefs like they're, they're getting mad when he celebrates or saying like oh he's a showboat or whatever like that's just 25 years ago like you yeah. grow out of it man like if you're a six-year-old stooge as you would call him and you're getting mad that they're gonna he's gonna celebrate or you think he showboats like that's what's fun like you know what's fun is watching clips of Deion sanders from back in the day and watching him high step from 60 yards out like the mm -hmm. last 60 and flash the ball at people like that's awesome to watch now maybe in the moment i'm sure people are like, oh it's disrespectful to the game but i think it all adds to it and i think cam does a great job of that it seems like he's having fun well then bill belichick from like 2009 or something they have a do your job documentary where he is literally and i've never heard this I've never heard this from a coach. Chuck Pagano, I guess, kind of said something along the same lines, but Bill Belichick was like breaking down why celebrating is good for the team. He like showcased a couple plays that were made in this uh, do your job documentary. I think it was do your job documentary. Was oh, that yeah. What it was? Yeah, yeah. Do your job documentary. He showed some plays where there was no excitement after a guy made a big play. One was against the Colts. I think one was maybe against, I don't know. Chargers. Chargers. Mm -hmm. But a guy would make a big play and nobody would go celebrate with him. And Belichick's like, look at this. Like he just made a massive play. And I think he's the only one that knows it. And then he showed a touchdown or something. And the touchdown, the entire team came jumping over. And he said, look at this. Look at the message that this sends to the other team by the way that is a big deal and i think a lot of people don't fully understand that and embrace that and i appreciate the fact that the greatest coach of all time who's known for being a hard-nosed guy embraces the fact that like look when you're having fun and just beating the hell out of another team and you're all in it together the message that that sends to the other team is like oh fuck we're in one today you know and i i've always believed that i'm a big celebration fan like hey if you work your ass off and you accomplish something go ahead and celebrate that thing if you want to and if you don't cool do whatever you got to do but but these people who think Cam Newton's not going to be a good Patriot because of his celebrations and because I just think they're very, very stupid. I think they're very, very stupid people. Very, very stupid. Yeah, they are stupid. I'm, I guess an issue some people might have, like, have you ever heard coaches say, hey, celebrate with your teammates? Oh, yeah. That's a yeah. common thing, especially in college and in the NFL. Hey, celebrate with your teammates. But that's the thing. In the NFL, 
whatever position you play, like everyone, I shouldn't say everyone, but a lot of people want to have like a signature, like a signature move they do after you get a big sack or after you score a touchdown where everyone's like, oh, here it goes. And they know what they're going to do. And then you get marketing deals on top of it, brand awareness, all kinds of craziness. So players don't look at it like a, a singular like ego thing. I feel like when guys do that or have a signature, like as long, they, they know what their teammate is. They know what's in their heart, what's in their head, like if they really want to win or they care only about themselves. If that person's celebrating and doesn't work his ass off during the week, I would assume people are like, you know, hey, he's celebrating, so he must have done something good. But as soon as that stops happening, this guy, sack of shit, let's get him out of here, right? Like that is potentially a thought. But if that guy works his ass off and he's in the meeting and he's making your team better and he's celebrating, like that's great teammate to have. Like, okay, we got an energy guy, first of all. If he's celebrating. He cares too. That shows like, hey, I care about the game. I want to be here. Yeah, the people who are like, act like you've been there before, like what, I'm supposed to be bored with success? Like I'm supposed to just be bored and just like expect this is a good thing to happen? I never understood that really. I never. That's why whenever I threw that pass, I guess there were some people and it was a completion and I strutted that thing and then, you know, Tomlin did it back to me. I guess there were some people in management that weren't excited with what I did afterwards, right? And uh, one person was like, well, I guess they wanted you to act like you've been there before. I was like, I hadn't. Yeah. <laughs> I had not been there before. What? I'm a that's my first time. What's this that? This doesn't happen very often. Like, no. Yeah, like, I can celebrate all I want. I can, if, if it was incomplete and I strutted down the field, then you have some room to yell at me. That's what I – hey, believe me, that's what I said. But that, there are some people that view it differently. And I, I never understood those people because I think we can all agree that when celebrations were completely banned from the game, it was a bad time. I don't think it was much less entertaining. When group, you know that the NFL messed this up though. If they if they don't want it to look like oh like a an ego thing, it's just a bunch of individuals out there playing. They messed it up when they only let people celebrate by themselves. Remember, you used to not be able to have group celebrations, so the, everyone had to back away so the guy can dance and do all this stuff. I'm like, no, let him celebrate with his teammates. And I understand some people don't like the choreographed things, but I think it's fun. It's all entertainment. Who cares? It's a game. It's a game, dude. Like, hey, it is a game. And what's the thing about those guys that whether you like the group celebration or not, whatever guys are doing, if they're getting in a canoe and rowing, or, like, guys get creative. Those guys, like, they're building a bond throughout the whole season. Like in training camp, they're messing around. Hey, man, what's, what do you think about this if I score? And talking to the O-linemen, everybody, let's do this. And everyone, and then all of a sudden when someone scores, they're like, oh, let's do what we've been working on for two months behind the scenes. Then it brings everybody even together, and they laugh, and they have fun with it. That keg stand by Quentin Nelson when oh. he didn't score, but it was originally called a touchdown, mm -hmm. was awesome. I mean, that is a magical moment, not only for the Colts, but Colts fans, all of Indianapolis. I mean, it's just – it adds to the game. And anybody that doesn't think Cam Newton's going to fit in up there, I think is – just hasn't watched any of his workout videos that he's put on the internet. I think he is going to be dominant. Let's talk about workout videos, though, and choreographed uh, dances that you just mentioned there. The Seattle Seahawks wide receivers last year were like, they were boy band choreography. Like, actual, they had practice. They did the whole thing. Joe Buck's wife, I mm -hmm. wasn't spotlighted yep. one on Monday Night Football. They might have a new wide receiver in Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown Run it, going in motion, running routes in Russell Wilson's backyard, brought Sean Kingston for a, a performance afterwards. Antonio Brown has worked out with Lamar Jackson this offseason. It is alleged he's worked out with Dwayne Haskins this season. Now he's out at Russell Wilson's backyard. Looks like they're on the same page. Some people are saying he looks slow. I think it's just a different camera angle that they're not used to seeing. He looks explosive and fast as he's ever been. If he ends up on the Seahawks, though, that is a hell of a landing spot for him with Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, and a team that always finds a way to be in it it seems like at the very end of the season 
Yeah, I mean, wait, so I didn't know about the Sean Kingston part. Did he, like, perform afterwards? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I don't know. I just, in my head, I just, Russell Wilson's house, you kind of, there's a football field, and then you, like, afterwards there's a stage over there where Sierra, like, practices, mm -hmm. and Sean Kingston went up there. Sean Kingston! He has a sick car, by the way. What's that? Sean Kingston's car is sick. Yeah, I think he has a few of them. Sean Kingston the used to make just was. bangers. That's oh, all it yeah. used to be, just bangers but yeah there he is out there in rancho santa fe california sean kingston rocking chain or two and a good watch and a bracelet yeah he's <laughs> he is balling he's doing just fine a lot, of, a lot of people are questioning antonio brown wearing the raiders helmet did you get to keep he worked so, he fought so hard to get that thing mm -hmm. yeah that was the helmet that he went to battle for right that was the yep. and it got okayed did you have the same i don't helmet even know if it got okayed I, I don't i'm not sure if it was cleared or not yeah i don't know either but is he taking the same helmet like from Pittsburgh to Oakland? Oakland, obviously not to New England because it would have New England on it. So yeah. So he just he could, can't they could paint it and put new stickers on. Really? That, that easy? A lot of Raiders fans were not happy that he was wearing it. I mean, he's been I don't know it. that. Um, I don't know what he did, but I assume when Brett Favre left Green Bay after 15, 16 years, he took his helmet and they painted it or put stickers on the Vikings and Jets. Well, they also had to give him, what, like 15 different helmets for him to try on, so I'm sure he snatched one or two. Oh, Antonio? Yeah. Yeah, not a bad play. Let's get back to Brett Favre, though. He took his helmet that was painted right to TMZ and just started saying things that weren't true. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? What all was he saying? I don't know. Why is Brett Favre doing a TMZ interview? I, I love it. I love it. If Brett Favre's getting in the media game, I love it. If he's going to join TMZ, I love it. If he's going to do all this stuff, anytime Brett Favre speaks, I think it's entertaining for whatever reason. Like, whatever reason. This time, it was entertaining because he said something that was just completely false. Mm -hmm. And I enjoyed it. And coming out of Brett Favre's mouth, I love the story about him having no clue what a nickel defense is, amazing. He's, and anytime he talks, I'm like, this guy, one of the greatest of all time. Some hilarious situations off the field, obviously, with him. Hilarious. Mm -hmm. You know. Oh, yeah. Not hilarious, ridiculous situations off mm. the field. But every time he speaks, it seems like something just really pops out. In this particular one, he said that Jordan Love could be Taysom Hill. And then if you just look at the stats, I guess Jordan Love, I think, had 175 yards rushing in an entire season for Utah State. So it's not just like, I don't know if that's going to be. Maybe, though. Know, hey, maybe Brett knows? Favre knows something we don't yeah, know. But it sure feels like stats say that's not an accurate statement. I mean, a Taysom Hill role, maybe they could try him out in a role, but there's only one Taysom Hill. Like there's there's nobody else like him like that's built like him that moves like him that Jaylen, has that mentality. Jalen Hurts maybe. Yeah, they could definitely try it out. And I I I like Doug Peterson. I give him credit. Like I think he could find a, a way to craft him in, give him little packages early on. But for Jordan Love to do it, I don't know. I mean, Jordan Love's definitely an athlete. He's very athletic. But he's a lot taller. Isn't he like six five? Well, and he's skinny. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why Jalen Hurts potentially because he's. Jalen Hurts is a thick. stout, stout, yeah. thick guy. Yeah, he's a thick guy. And then you think about Taysom Hill. The reason why he's able to do it is because he's thick. He's kind of built for it. And then that Sal Palantonio said night of the draft that he got a text from somebody in the Eagles organization. And I don't know who that is, or maybe he said the name, and I just automatically assumed it was Doug Peterson. Look for them to use Jalen Hurts in a lot of different situations. So I think they are potentially trying to find a Taysom Hill, another Taysom Hill. Will Jalen Hurts be it? I don't know. We'll see. He can throw the hell out of the ball. He did throw in college the ball into defensive meeting rooms quite a few times when I was watching games. But the guy's a winner, guy's a leader, hard worker, and I think he can squat 2,000 pounds mm -hmm. or something like that. Uh, so in college, uh, Taysom Hill ran for 2,800 yards in college. Jalen Hurts ran for 3,200 yards in college. And Jordan Love ran for 400 yards in college. 
So it seemed like Jalen Hurts probably more likely to do the Taysom Hill thing. But hey, Brett Favre might know something that we don't. Maybe he knows something that we don't. And didn't Taysom tear his ACL like seven times mm-hmm. in yeah. college? Mm-hmm. He was hurt a bunch. Well, the only college film I've seen is Nick shoving down all his interceptions in my face. Oh, mm-hmm. It is bad. It's it's oh, glaring interceptions. Just it doesn't bad. matter. Balls hitting the dirt. Just the guy's Super Bowl Super Bowl quarterback champion of the future. Does it all. <laughs> Special teams. Have a little respect for the guy. So are you. You you throw a better ball than he does. Not now. Maybe in college I threw a better ball than him for sure. But now he's professional. He's been in Drew Brees' quarterback room. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's throwing a good ball, throwing touchdowns all over the fucking place. Why isn't he starting? Because Drew Brees is there. an old man? Well, I am worried about Drew Brees not having a four-game break this year. Like, if he doesn't get hurt, two years ago, Drew Brees, last couple weeks of the season, I think – Got a little bit of a case of the noodle arm, mm-hmm. okay, and, and that is quite a that is quite a slanderous term to a quarterback. And I don't mean to offend, I don't, I don't mean to offend Drew Brees' playing ability because I think he's really fucking good. But by the end of the season, that thing seemed to be fluttering a little bit more than it had in the past. Seemed like it was dying out those two years ago, and I was like, "Oh, is Drew Brees done because of that?" And then obviously the Ram situation happens and all that stuff. But then. Last year, he sat out for, what, five games or four games when Teddy Bridgewater went in there. I think his arm was maybe fresh going into the end of the season. I thought he was still humming it. What would Drew Brees' arm look like for the last five weeks of the season this upcoming year if he doesn't get hurt? You know what it might look like? Jameis Winston time or Taysom Hill time just to give Drew Brees a reprieve there for a little bit. And they could have played Taysom Hill last year. They chose not to. They put in old Teddy B. He goes and becomes a starter for Carolina. Everybody was like, hey, if this is your quarterback of the future, why wouldn't you try to see – if the quarterback of the future can potentially win games quarterback right now. But Sean Payton had a plan, had to take some hill plan, put in Teddy B in there. What do you feel about like quarterbacks kind of getting older when you're watching film as a defender? And is there the arm strength? Is that something that's ever mentioned by the coaches or by you guys? Is that something that you think about? I mean, usually I, not that, not a whole lot. A lot of times you talk about arm strength if a guy has an absolute rocket because a lot of times they're not super accurate and they're going to overthrow balls. You're going to have tips and overthrows a lot throughout the game that you need to always be aware of. You don't worry too much about arm strength. Like Drew Brees never had a rocket for an arm. You don't have to. Like he's been so, he's ahead of everybody mentally. And so he knows exactly what like his strengths are. So I don't think it's a huge deal, but you're right. Like it would scare me if the Saints are playing late in the season and they're not at home and they're on some cold, windy field somewhere. Like that is what would scare me with Drew Brees. Like in Lambeau Field. In Green Bay, Wisconsin, with a first-round draft pick quarterback named Jordan Love on the sideline wearing a thick jacket. <laughs> Wouldn't Jordan Love have made sense to the Saints? Yeah. Yeah, yeah would have. Yeah. yeah, sure would have. Well, now they got taste. Tampa, too, would have made sense, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. There's a lot of places that have older quarterbacks that are potentially really actually falling off. That you could go to. Aaron Rodgers still has another four years of very high-level mm-hmm. football left with that arm At talent. least. He has such good arm talent. Mm-hmm. I think that is the thing, is Aaron's arm talent is so good. Now, granted, I did call the Lions-Packers game where he got his head bounced off of Lambeau Field like five times in the second play of the game, right? He just like picked him up and dumped him, and he got out. And I, he did get hurt before that with Deshaun Kaiser having to come in. Mm-hmm. But other than that, Aaron feels like a pretty healthy guy when he plays hurt. We all remember the Bears game opening night where he came out at halftime like Jesus coming out of the cave to save everybody. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I just think 
The more and more we talk about this Jordan Love decision, the more and more I get confused by it. Just it fully make- guaranteed contract. <laughs> Here we go. You know, I mean, I don't know. At this point, though, they at like Gukuns has tied his ship to him, so he has to do whatever he can to ensure that he's comfortable and ready to go. I guess. I guess my name was just mentioned on the Jim Rome show. Shout out to uh, Romy. Shout out to Rome. Clones. Jim Rome. Clones. What a, Jim Rome was in a studio right next to us down at Super Bowl uh, Radio Row. Oh, yeah. He had a set that was the size of, <laughs> like, just to put it in proportion to ours, like an 18 wheeler. Mm-hmm. He had like an 18 wheeler yeah, yep. thing, and it was compared, just him sitting up to there. An Astro van. There was yeah, and we were in like yeah, exactly like an Astro van. But he had he had five chairs up there, this big thing. He had this whole entire, and he was just sitting there with his. I think he had his leg up at one point. Mm-hmm. He was just sitting there like this with this massive stage, and we were packed in to this tiny little closet of an RV uh, thing over there. And he and I had known each other. We got lunch before, and I gave him a hello, and he just looked over at me and goes, he like gives like a little chuckle, waves back, he goes, "How's it going, Pat?" Little tight over there, or something like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. That guy's a legend in this radio game. Legend in the radio and game. I, I've gone. I did his show uh, in New York City years ago. I remember going in the studio, and then I've seen him at, at other things like like media or whatever, Radio Row at Super Bowls and stuff. He's always been super cool. Like he's big into horses. He owns horses. He's big time into all that. I didn't know he was into horses. I thought, and this is, I didn't pay attention a lot to sports networks while I was playing because normally they would slander. I didn't either. I'm with you, yeah. Yeah, normally they would slander my position and things they were saying, I was just like, ah, I don't want to be a part of this. I thought Jim Rome started his own subscription service when he left ESPN. I was like, oh, he's smart. Like, this guy's going to do his own subscription service. He has a diehard cult-like fan base. I thought that's where he went. He just went to CBS Sports Radio. I yeah. didn't even know that. I, I thought he did his own subscription thing. But I think that was a guy, maybe now, I don't know, he's still got obviously a loyal following. We watch him now every day still. Every day, yep. That's a guy I think that could have started a subscription service probably 15 years ago and had a bunch of people on there. That guy was beloved by everybody. He was the he was the guy in sports talk for a long yeah. time. Always on the TV growing up for me at least. I mean, And everybody had an impression. Huge. But I bet he gets huge money from CBS Sports. Oh, yeah. Like the fact that they're building him that kind of set, like they're not, they're not going cheap on anything, really. Yeah, true. I mean, he deserves it. The guy was on top of the world for a long time. His show too. We watch it. <laughs> what? I mean, they don't, they don't even think about putting like up pictures or anything for no. people. The TV nope. show is just open mic night for Romy. It's, it's literally just <laughs> yeah. camera up top, and he's just talking. Then camera to the side. And then right back to the top. They don't even add anything on that could potentially be about what he's talking about or anything like that. He's just like, listen, you're about to get captivated by this man to go ahead and let it happen. He's got two crowns spinning above his head. Yeah. I mean, it is. It says it is the a, greatest or was it? The greatest of all time. Yeah. The, though, hey, where's your guy, Francesa? The where's great he at one. now? Yeah. The great one. Yeah. Francesa, I don't know. He got it. The last thing I, um, I heard is he, I he got into it. Yeah, he might be with Radio.com. I think they bought... From what I've heard, um, they bought, like, there was a little bit of a buyout thing that happened. I was actually in a group text message from Francesa to, I think, it was his business people. And I think one of them might be named Pat. And it was a group text. It was him and me and, like, three others. And I was not supposed to be in there. Like, I was not I, I was not supposed to be in that group text. The things that were texted in there. And uh, I um, I called the guy that knows Francesa very well, and I told him that I was in there. And uh, we I got another follow-up. Uh, sorry, Pat, or whatever. And I just kind of deleted the text message. But that guy, I think he sold his show. 
to mm-hmm. radio.com. The radio.com sports app, I think, carries his show. The only thing I've heard about him recently is that he shut down that Funhouse account. That Funhouse back after this was the Twitter account, and they were just pulling clips of his show every single day. And to be honest, as somebody that didn't grow up in New York City and didn't listen to sports talk, that was really my first introduction introduction to Francesa. So I was just like the people who have heard Francesa for the first time. That's all I know of Francesa is like that account. Bingo. So then I think just like a month ago or two months ago, they told that account to stop posting. And now they're posting him again, though. So I don't know if they came back to an agreement or he whatever. Told everybody. What's that? Made it, he told everybody he wasn't going to let anybody clip from his show, I guess, because he didn't want anyone to know he was doing a show, what it I, sounds like. I was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because there is that fine line of like balancing like your shit getting placed everywhere so people don't have to come to where it's actually supposed to be to watch it, mm-hmm. to the potential if a tree falls in a woods and nobody's around type situation but where a paid platform right he like left his whatever radio gig and he started his own app and he wanted people to pay like seven bucks a month yep. to listen to a mike's show on yeah, mike's, on, mike's on have a little respect Hello, for the what's name up, hey what's up mike what's hey, up hey mike stan lee died today did you ever meet the guy what do you think of him stan lee yeah stan lee i don't, I don't know who he stan is lee? don't know who he is now jesus <laughs> who is he who is he who is stan lee he was one of the creators of Marvel Comics. Oh, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> oh, who cares? Gets me every time. Unbelievable. I didn't know Stan Lee. Oh. Wow. Rest in peace, Stan Lee, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't know who he was either. Crazy Spider-Man. That's what I know, Francesco. I know those clips. I know clips when Pete... I know him from other... Some serious shows I listen to that they always like to play those. When someone calls in and messes with them and they get, they get through. And his reactions are just the best. Like That's all I care about with Francesco. I love it. Oh, okay. Looks like we got another dope calling today. <laughs> this guy's got nothing, nothing better to do than just be a dope calling show. You wait thirty minutes, that's fine with me. You know, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep doing the show. I mean, <laughs> doesn't matter to me. He came on. He uh, he came on my show. Ty, incredible by the way. He came on my show before I had my live radio show, and I asked him for some advice. It was amazing. Don't listen to anybody, he said, first of all. He said, they're going to want you to do things. Don't listen to anybody. Just don't listen. It was That was his rule number one, was don't listen to anybody. Then his second rule was like, for the callers, like don't be scared to just kick them the hell off the air. Like he was, I was like, yeah, but I want to be nice to them because they're like, you know, listeners of the show. He said, they are not listeners of the show. He said, it would be like if you go to a play or, or a Broadway or theater and you're doing your show or whatever, and then somebody from the crowd just walks up on the stage Steals the show, and then if they put on a terrible performance, you got to kick them off the stage. That's exactly the way. The audience is out there. They're not trying to get on the stage. These guys and girls are trying to get on the show. They are no longer listeners. They are performers. If they stink, get them out of there. And that's a sports poet, baby. That's scripture right there. That was, by the way, great piece of advice, and I think that's how he views those callers, too. He's not scared to let them know, like, get the... Get out of here, please, with the stupidity. Yeah, I'm not upset with him, like, if if hosts, like, hang up on a guy whose question is three minutes long. Like You should do that, but does Francesa just assume that every radio show that's done in America, almost 95% of the callers are calling in to try to troll the the host? Not our show. Yeah. Most, I mean, most places they're not calling to troll. It's because of his reaction and how he feels about him is why it continues to happen. It'll never stop. I, um, I have a hard time just hanging up on people. It's hard for me. 
I wish I could be better at it, but it's hard for me. Because sometimes I would just like to go ahead and, you know, roast them, get it over with. But then I'm the bad guy. I don't want to be a bad one. What if I ruin that guy's day? Like, what if that guy's day's ruined? Because I, so I'll, I'll always try to dance around their terribleness. You know, I'll try to dance. Put him down gently. But it is hard sometimes. Jim Rome has been on a two-day rant here about how, you know, some of you need not call in. Okay? Like, some of you need to stop calling in. It's been like a two-day run for him. But for those that are good, call in. But those, you need to you need to not call in if you're bad. And that's a real thing. But I think there's some people who think they're legitimately, like, supposed to be live show hosts. That's why they're calling in. Oh, yeah. And there are some that are so fucking bad. Oh, yeah. I, I don't oh. know. Do they not have anybody around them to be None. like... Hey, let's pick. Do they not listen back to the show? Do they think everybody else is wrong? Like, I don't fully understand that because there's some terrible calls that come into my show. Some good, but there are some terrible calls that come into my show, AJ. I mean, there's terrible callers that call into every show. I mean, you, you've done stuff on on Sirius before. It's a common thing at, at times. There'll be hosts and producers that want to take like a billion callers. Like, let's make sure we take callers for four straight hours. I'm like. Well, if they're good, yeah, if there's some good topics, if they want to talk about what we're talking about, maybe, but it's, it's sometimes it can be lazy. Like some people want to book, say you do a three hour show, they want to book seven guests and take calls for the other time when you don't have a guest on. I'm like, well, you're not doing a radio show then, really. You're just, you're here, you have a platform for other people to speak, I guess. Oh, hey, that was a pretty deep wow. little thought right there. You're just sharing your platform, hoping that others perform well so your show will perform well. Which is fine, actually. That's, I get it. Like if you have, like, it's like a people's podcast. You don't want to, like, after a while, like, you don't want to hear the host retell the same stories over and over again. That You want to hear what the guest has to say. Yeah, but, well, good, deep conversation's good. But I I think the biggest problem is the lack of self-awareness. And you have been banging on this drum for a long time. The lack of self-awareness in our society is a problem, and it creeps into live radio every single day. Yeah. Every single yeah. day. Every single day. Shit! Every single day. <laughs> I dropped the footy. Right. Footy done! I still can't believe. I bet you Australia's already turned their back on you, AJ, for oh, leaving yeah. your team and yep. declaring fan yeah, of nice. What about Richmond? You think Richmond's going to be upset that I came over? Richmond knows you're off as soon as they get – if they don't get going well, here. They probably think you're a fraud. Yeah. Well, whoa. Hey, don't worry. We're going to win our – got a big game tonight in Metricon Stadium. We're fine. What time's your game? We were before. What time's your game? Mine's 5, 4, or 55 or 5.45 a.m. tomorrow. 4.45. <laughs> Yours is? Depending on what time zone you're in, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess Go my Tigers. game's also at that time because yeah. if it's 5.45, it would be 4.45 probably in Central Time where Zito mm -hmm. comes from and gets jet lag. I get so jet lag. You guys, uh, you guys, uh, never mind. What? Say it, dude. Hey, this is a caller right here. Look at this. This is a fucking... First time in a long time. <laughs> I mean, the Richmond says it's today at 5.40 a.m., but today at 5.40 a.m. already happened. And it says Collingwood's at tomorrow at 5.50 a.m. This is the internet just fucking me. Yeah, well, you see, AJ, you don't even like your team. You don't even like your team. Despicable. And they're going to be able to tell. I like my team. You see this? Sharon! 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 You see that? Sharon. Collingwood. Sharon. They, they do. I don't, they, have to, I don't have to prove my fandom to you, Pat. You actually do. Uh, yeah, and yeah. Australia. You I think do. that's a pretty large part of it in Australia. <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, we have a big announcement to make. These bad boys right here, mm -hmm. these nunchucks yeah. that got bought out yeah. are back what? in action. Oh! Yeah! Yeah! 
Ladies and gentlemen, gym shorts uh, with a built-in Silky Soft inner liner that makes underwear obsolete have come around to be the most comfortable shorts ever made, and those are from our friends at Bird Dogs. They also make the best pants that we've ever worn, but let's talk about their shorts. Their shorts are all-terrain shorts. You can wear them on a golf course. Check. Mm -hmm. You can wear them in a business meeting. Check. You can wear them to swim. Check. You can wear them to sleep. Check. Check. And you can take them off right before fornicating with whoever your partner is because you're going to look better in these shorts than you've ever looked before. Because... Oh, they have a nice snug fit, and they move with you, not a, not against you, and because you don't have to wear underwear, so they're all bulky bulge because it's already built into the shorts. And I'm not talking to old school bathing suit built in underwear where it's uncomfortable. I'm talking about silky comfort built into the shorts from our friends at Bird Dogs, our favorite shorts. Go to birddogs.com right now and enter promo code Sports Talk. Shout out Sports Talk, and they'll throw in a free pair of nunchucks. They're back. These things. The last time we ran this run here, last time we ran this promo, like mm-hmm. two months ago, yeah. folks bought too many. They ran out of nunchucks. Oh. They, they sent an email. They said, hand up, hand up. That's on us. Didn't get enough nunchucks. And now that we're in a quarantine, kind of tough to get nunchucks. Right. We apologize. Hand up. They said, but as soon as we get them back, we're back. Guess what? Nunchucks are back. Yeah. 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 Promo code sports talk. Free pair of nunchucks. Yes. Nunchucks, you'll get an actual murder weapon whenever you buy the comfiest pair of shorts on earth. You can get khaki color, you can get yeah. good design, you can get dark blue, you oh, can get khaki. They got khaki. I wear the khaki on a golf course all mm-hmm. the time because I look professional, but I'm more comfortable than all the yuppies that I'm golfing with, like you guys. Whoa. Birddogs.com, promo code sports talk, and boom, free pair of nunchucks with your pair of bird dogs. You will not take these things off, I promise you. I love them. Right now, Connor's having Bird Dogs Thursday. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Bird Dog Thursday. You usually do Friday, but only Thursday today. Caca! Woof! Bird dogs! Bird dogs! Bird dogs! Woof! Bird dogs! Woof! Bird dogs! Woof! Bird dogs! Woof! Bird dogs! Oh, because bird... Woof! Dog. You guys are bird dogging it over there? Woof! I talked to Sean Casey this morning, the mayor. Do you know who this guy is? Yeah, I grew up a big Reds fan. I love Sean Casey. He... He was awesome. People have been telling me for years that I need to talk to Sean Casey because he's a Pittsburgh guy. So anybody that meets me after they've already met Sean Casey, they're like, you and Sean Casey would get along very well. You guys should chat. And I never got a chance to meet Sean Casey, right? Never got a chance to meet Sean Casey. He came on the show. First time we've ever seen each other or had a conversation. He was fucking electric. I mean, absolutely electric. They're doing a seven-hour special tomorrow on MLB Network starting at 11 a.m. because spring training camps are opening up everywhere. They're just going to be dropping in everywhere. Baseball is all the way back. Good for baseball. Good for us. Will you watch MLB games or MLB practice in lieu of sports being gone? Or is this going to be like the Korean baseball thing where you watch a game and a half and then you're fucking done with it? Uh, I mean... Probably the latter, but I think I'll be. I'm intrigued as to what happens early on. I definitely want to see. Like we were uh, somewhere yesterday, and I saw on the TV there was a baseball game. I'm like, oh, I made the joke. Oh, is this live? And of course, a couple people around me were like, huh, uh, I don't, I don't think so. And then I'm like, yeah, it says 2017, bud. And there's fans in the stands. <laughs> Idiots, dude. Can't take them. Can't win with them. Won't win with them. Can't do it. But the Korean baseball. Such a coach thing. Can't win with it. Won't win with it. Can't do it. The Korean baseball on in the morning. That ran its course, what, day two? Oh, yeah. God. One, some would day say. Day three. Because uh, I watched the show Get Up in the Morning because 
I understand the research that they all do. So it's like, hey, whatever's on here, if there's stats on here and things that, like that, store, I almost said things of that nature. That nature, way. yep. At the end of the day, by the way, big Pittsburgh thing I learned from Sean Casey and AQ Shipley. That mm-hmm. is their go-to. At the end of the day, at the end of the day. And I realized that I probably used to say that as well mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh. That is a, you know, at the end of the day, it's a Pittsburgh thing. Yeah, sums it up. <laughs> that's what, that's, but Korean baseball, I like the show Get Up in the Morning. Like, I enjoy the show. I got a chance to be on it. I enjoy the show. I like the, the way they run. And this Korean baseball is just fucking backing that show all the way up, maybe into our show. And I'm at the point where I'm like, I get it. We made this deal whenever there was no live sports happening. Wait, with the hold on. Hold on, I'm gonna cut you. You're telling me they start get up late. They wait until the Korean baseball league is over. Well, oh, they've, yeah. been, they've been kind of the last couple of days. They have. I think Greeny's gotten sick of waiting around. I think Greeny has been like, "All right, come on, it's eleven to one right now, and can we get out of here?" But yeah, for the last few weeks, if that game is running a little bit late, it cuts right in again. Get up started half hour, forty five minutes, Nine in, today. an hour late. Yeah. Like it is a real, and I'm like, come on, like let's go, let's get back to it. And I'm worried I'm going to do the same thing with the MLB because for me, the business side of the MLB, MLBPA stuff was so much in- more interesting to me than MLB has ever been to me. But maybe this has been what's going to hook me in there now that I know the business of it, I know how hard it was, and there's not a lot of other live sports happening. Maybe, maybe this is the year I become a big MLB fan. And I mean, and your friendship with Jeff Passan, I would think, would get you invested in the game even more. Uh-oh. Edit off? that out. Did he get canceled? <laughs> Dump it. Dump it out. Edit that out. Uh-oh. Dumped it. He's big time. He's too big time for us. Oh, we know you love to hold a grudge, so that's already there. You already turned on him? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Had to. Had to do it. Didn't want to do it. Didn't want to do <laughs> Stern, it. but fair. I, you probably asked him to come on the show when he was right in the middle of a live show he's doing on ESPN. You're like, oh, what a turd. Doesn't, doesn't like our show, but too big time. He's out. Kind of. <laughs> kind of, yeah, but I expect, hey, listen. Hey, Jet, you've been with us through the entire thing. You've become something on the show now at this point, okay? The people love Jet. Mm-hmm. Jet was making baseball likable, and then when real news started happening, couldn't get him on the show. You want a Dan Patrick show? Okay, all right, bigger than that show. I have a lot of respect for Dan Patrick, a lot of respect for Dan Patrick. I appreciate and respect everything he's done. Our show's a little bit larger than that show. Then uh, yesterday I asked him, I was like, hey, Rob Manfred just put his foot back in his mouth. Any way we can talk to you tomorrow? Ghosted me. Left me on red. Didn't even answer. I'm like, well, okay. Hey. He has his he has his read receipts on. Uh no, you're right. He did, but it just he never responded. So I just assumed he looked. We had a conversation. Boom, boom. Then I sent it. Nothing. So I assume he read it unless his phone broke immediately upon me sending it, which I guess I should hold out for the fact that he potentially did not see my text. But yeah, didn't answer. Didn't answer. So jet passing. I thought we had a good thing going. Too big time. But that's going to happen in this world. That's going to happen in this world. People are just going to get too big time for us. And and I'll forget about it, I'm sure. If there's someone, though, Pat, that you wanted to have on the show and that somehow couldn't come on for whatever reason. I mean, they're... Their mom might have died right in their arms two minutes before the, the show, and you would still hold a grudge no. if they didn't come on. Well, send That's a text true. about it. That is not true. AJ. Kenny what the if their Jets- dog died in their arms? Yeah. The, the dog Just two minutes know. before. No, that is not true. Kenny the Jet Smith today was supposed to be on. We found out like four minutes before the show started, that he, or before he was supposed to come on, mm-hmm. that he was not going to come on. They said something big happened. Would you like to reschedule him for next week? My normal answer would be no. Tell that person I never want to reschedule. But today for Kenny the Jet, because he's Kenny the Jet, and it seemed as if there was a real thing that happened, I was like, yeah, absolutely. Would love to talk to him next week. Let's make it happen. I'm pumped about it. So you acting like I don't have empathy for people whenever things happen, I mean, it's just completely fabricated. You didn't let me finish. You didn't let me finish, though. So 
I'm just saying, whenever that happens, and someone well, can't come on your show. Cena finish. <laughs> oh. instantly, instantly to you, it's a personal attack. Like they're attacking your your character when they don't come on your show for whatever reason. But then the best is, do you or do you like put out the word to the boys like, hey, make sure you find every damn show this guy goes on, so nope. I can hold that grudge in my mind. Oh, Dan Patrick, oh Rich Eisen, Jim Rome, look at this guy. Oh, are you kidding me? He went on some local news show in, in Wichita. You know, he's not going to come on my show. Like I feel like you research these people when they don't come on your show just so you can keep that list of all the things they've done instead of your show yeah the guys don't have to do that though i do that i do that immediately <laughs> just natural just out of spite you do that it's just your natural reaction well, i just want to see you know i i just want to see what's going on you know i just want to see what's going on and i think people have back in the day if you were if you were on that side you were never coming back i mean it was and that's by the way a weak point in my character i'd assume that i cannot I forgive strong point Nah. You, you you respect loyalty. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't like being feeling disrespected. So if I feel disrespected, normally it is a problem. Like it, it and this is something that I have to probably learn to live with a little bit. I mean, I've left a few very high paying jobs because of it, to be honest. So that's one of those things where I feel like Jet Passing potentially disrespected this show and everything that we had going. And once you get in that list in my head, whoa. It is hard to get out of there. And sometimes I'll forget. Sometimes I'll forget if the person's on the list or not because we had never really met. They just said something maybe on TV or on the internet. And then I'll, I'll come across the person and we'll talk and they'll start talking. And then something in my brain goes, no, 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 no. You hate this guy. And I was like, oh, yeah, I do. And I have to get the fuck out of the conversation. But now I'm getting older. I'm getting older. People are starting. Like Jet Passing, I am not banning him from the show forever. Okay? Mm -hmm. When he comes on next time, he's going to have to answer a lot of yeah, fucking right. questions. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is. I have not banned. I'm, I'm, I'm mature. I'm mature at oh, yeah. this point. Mature. Okay. Yeah, don't harass me over how I say mature, please. <laughs> Force mature. I don't think that's a Pittsburgh thing. No, it's like those people that are trying to say things in a sophisticated manner but look like a bunch of fucking jackasses. You know what I mean? Yeah, mature. That happens a lot. P L A Z A. How do you say that? Plaza? Plaza? Yeah, see, you're wrong. That's Plaza's wrong? Mm. Yeah, it's Plaza. Mm -hmm. Plaza. Pizza. Actually, I say Plaza. I say plaza. Yeah. Oh, do you? I, I just never use the word. Oh, where is it? It's over there, that plaza over there in the corner. Like, but you said it right right there. You said it right right there. But the same people that say mature in Harris, uh, they're the same people that go plaza. They're mature. the same. Like, nah. Have you been, do well, people say mature and they're serious? Like they're not being sarcastic? Oh, yeah. yeah, people oh, yeah. say it at the plaza hotel. Say it. Well, yeah, it's called the plaza hotel. Yeah, well, that's, that's a... That's a different thing. That's a title. You know what I mean? That's not a, a building. Mm -hmm. You get it? Actually, I actually have a question here. Uh, color, C-O-L-O-R, C-O-L-O-U-R. What's the difference? One's yeah. British. Really? Well, it's like defense yep. with a mm -hmm. C and with an S. That's mm -hmm. the difference between us and an imaginary line uh, north of us in Canada. Really? Yeah, defensemen and defensemen. Hmm. 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 The more you know. Hmm. Language. What are you doing this weekend? You got anything cool? It's supposed to be hot as balls. Oh, yeah. Is it? Oh, Mitt's confused. It's been hot every day. It's been so humid, I feel like. Yeah, it's been thick. I did 170 floors on a Stairmaster yesterday. Woo! Get it. Taller than the tallest that? building in the world. You know, I don't know. To be, I do these IG stories. I, I The only time in my entire life I've ever done boomerangs is on these. Um, boomerangs normally make me sick. 
a little yeah. easy because it's like, uh, it's like I'm on a, the pirate ship at Kennywood. This the thing oh, it just yeah. barely goes oh, back and forth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It kind of gets me. I can't ride those rides. Those things get me a bit seasick. Okay, so the boomerangs always did that because it was like back and forth. So I never did it. But now that I'm doing the stairmaster, boomerang is really, you know, it's kind of because it is what you're doing a boomerang literally the entire time. So it's kind of fit in. And every time I do a poll or a yes no thing. And I just type in a number there for people to say whether they think I'm going to go over the amount of floors or under the amount of floors. And I realize normally about five, 10 minutes into the exercise that I've placed the number way too fucking high. So <laughs> like I put 160 floors and I don't know why. I think I meant to put 150 and I accidentally slipped over to six. You know what I mean? When I wrote it in there and it was so humid and thick that you couldn't really like my phone wasn't working as well. So once that goes up there now, I can't stop until I hit that number. And it's kind of like a self-punishment I put myself through. So that's why I did 170, but I was in a bad spot. I, I got lightheaded at one point. I started seeing like afterwards, I was, I, they said I lost 650 calories or something like that. And they didn't, but they didn't account for the humidity. There's no way they fucking knew what that humidity was. So they don't know, they don't know fully Stairmaster. But I started seeing like little dots and stuff like that. I had to sit it down. I chugged a Gatorade. I went after it yesterday. I fucking got after it. Feel pretty good today, though. Good for you. Are you still doing your pool workouts and everything? This weekend will be big pool workout weekend. Oh. Big pool workout weekend. I, I, we, uh, we fucked around in the ring a little bit, and I hadn't done that for a few months. And I'm in much better shape than I was a month and a half ago. And I, I am still, the, the vitamin in, intake is, is probably a bit too high if I really want to get into good shape, shape, shape. But I feel like I'm on the right path to getting to the AJ Hawk fitness level at some point. You look great. I think you look good. You don't need to lose any weight. Click clack. Well, I need to. I think I'm 250 right now, 251. Are you really that way? I mean, your bottom half is 220. Yeah, I'm 251. <laughs> I think I want to get to 241. Okay. What'd you play at? Yeah, between 235 and 240. Is that jaw? <laughs> weighs 85 pounds. I mean, yeah, I, weighed, I weigh 235 now. Will you stay at that weight forever, you think, where you're at right now? I don't know forever. I mean, it feels kind of like my natural weight. It really does. What's pistol at? True. 192. He struggled on the course yesterday a bit. (laughs) How'd he do? How'd you shoot? I actually played pretty well for the most part. I got to talk to pistol to find my score, actually, because it was myself and my brother against pistol and my father-in-law, Chopper, and we just annihilated that. <laughs> just, just a massacre really oh. are you a good golfer like actual score you kept no, or did you pick up no, on I'm some very, holes i'm not very good i'm very very inconsistent it just pistol and chopper were not the uh the toughest foes that, that we <laughs> <laughs> great names though they won the name battle one thousand percent what do you think you shot you think you shot over 100 under 100 no i think i, I shot like uh, like mid to high 80s that's a really okay. good round. Like what for me, you- it's really that is good for me. Like that's playing well. But like I said, I can shoot a hundred as well. Oh. I think I'm at the point now where I won't shoot a hundred. Oh, shouldn't have said it. Uh, no, you definitely you would won't. not even sniff that. I think I'm very, bro. My golf game right now, AJ is hey, hey, dialed in right. You're not shooting over. Yeah. I think I could go play. In, I have three different sets of clubs in my clubs too. I've never got clubs fitted for me, and I'm shooting 38s at this point. Like, I have no idea. You don't, my, them. don't get them fitted then. Like, I've never had clubs fitted to me. The issue is hey, you're not a pro. They yeah, always they oh yeah, and you, you could shoot 100. Yeah. The, <laughs> that's the that's what we're talking about. The 
The issue with that is it takes like six weeks to get those things fitted. By that point, I've already played a little bit, and I'm already comfortable with my club. So golf it's like season's I'm, over in the Midwest by by six, time, six weeks. Out. Who has the time to do that? Go to get Golf Galaxy. They took like three days last time we got fitted. Really? Yeah. But I'm playing really good with my clubs yeah, right now. It's not wanna, broke. Don't fix it. Yeah. yeah. But my Don't wedge games are a completely different set of clubs from my other clubs. That's okay. Your wedges were awesome. This That's what I'm saying, though. Should I should I match those up with the other? Ooh. I don't know. I'm in a bad... I'm playing really good golf right now. Like, like when I'm hitting shots, in my head, there's boom, 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 while it's heading towards the green. I'm thinking there's a chance the son of a bitch is going in. I never feel like that. It is a different world right now. Different world right now for me on a golf course. It's a lot of fun to play. We should play sometime. You coming to Indiana? Nah. Nah. <laughs> All right, see you tomorrow. Shit, dude. Golf outing. Golf outing. Hey, we're going to golf outing. Yeah. Hey, why aren't you playing in Tahoe? I wasn't invited. Next cool. week. Hey, you got your outing. You got your outing. Yeah. Outing. That's why. No, I wasn't invited. I don't know if I'm ever going to get invited back to that thing, to be honest well, I mean, with you. Well, I mean, you did back out four hours before it started last year. Yep. Two years and, ago. And by the way, if I was running it, we just talked about this, I would hold a grudge against me, too. <laughs> you know? Like, I would very... But the reason why I backed out is because I wasn't good enough at golf. I didn't want to... I didn't and think I was good enough. Now you're too good. What's that? Now you're too good. They may not let you in. Because Romo... I think Romo's won the last two years. Like, hey, they want a three-peat for Romo. If we invite Pat... He's going to steal the show. Hey, if if I get hot, too, I mean, I can go, go. I, I can. But then there will be a hole that will end up fucking me. But in that. Can you go for three straight? Like, it's three competitive rounds out there in Tahoe. Can you put three rounds together? We played for three days here, and my last day yep. was my best day. Yep. So, like, I think I actually get better. But, boy, I was tired that last day. I don't know how they walk. You have to walk the entire thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that one. I'm going to have to hit the treadmill. You maybe. got a caddy, though, right? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you take a caddy. Who's your caddy next week? You going out there? Yeah, my brother's done it every year, like nine, ten years running. Have you won yet? Close. I think I cracked. I was like fifty eighth last year out of like eighty. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Played very, very bad. Somebody... Put three really bad days together. Last year. Maybe it's time to put somebody new on the bag. Eh, it's not the. It's not the caddy. It's not the one. <laughs> the guy swinging them. <laughs> Is Aaron going out there to play this year? Oh yeah, he plays every year. He's How's good. He? He's really good, huh? Yeah. He can play. He got like top 10 last year, top five maybe the year before. He's gotten much better. I don't know what he's going to be like this year, but yeah. Are there people out there that you absolutely hate? No, that's why the event is so special. Like it's a, it's just a different world. Obviously being in Lake Tahoe, I'd swim in the lake every day, paddleboard, you do all that cool stuff oh, in the mountains. Kayak? But all the people are cool. Like that's the thing. Like everyone that comes is, is awesome. So that's what makes the tournament so fun. Hmm. Should have went. Hmm. Maybe I should have went. Maybe next year. That's on me. I There's some know. coaches going. Brable's playing again this year. He's a pretty good golfer. You think I ever get invited back to that thing? Probably not, huh? Yeah, just put. let them know you want to come back. They probably think you don't want to. If I'm playing golf like this next year, I would like to go out to Tahoe and win that thing. That would be very, very nice. You should do it. Yeah, and next you want to come next year because this year now with everything, mm-hmm. there's no fans and it's well, a different world. Well, there, there's a lot of distractions there, right? There's a lot of booze. There's a lot of partying. Oh, yeah. By, pe- by players while they're playing, yeah. Makes me a better golfer. Yeah. People forget. Yeah. A lot of people think that. A lot of people have, like, that limit, you know. That, do you have a limit, though, you can't go over? Nah. Couldn't even keep his eyes open. He's, <laughs> <laughs> He's pin-seeking. <laughs> do you know who you're playing with, Edge? Nah, you don't know until, like, the night before. And they, you play, like, threesomes, and they, they'll tell me Thursday night next week who I'm playing with Friday morning. 
What club feels good? Any club feels good for you? Like you look at I, it, you're like, what's that? A driver. Oh, really? Oh, nice. Driver and then my uh, my 54 degree wedge. Those are my two favorite. I needed a 58. I don't have a gap this week. It was tough. I got 56 and 60. And what oh, I learned man. about my swing this weekend was about 100 would be a 58. So it was either, and I ended up at 100. Like I was playing like pro golf, I felt like a lot. And I was always in between clubs. And I was like, I need to so open 50- that 56 up a little bit. You're an athlete. You got good hands. Yeah, but then it, when you're sitting over it, it's like, well, how much do I open it up? And then you're like, well, what's the swing? It, I don't want to have those thoughts. I don't, I don't want to have those thoughts. <laughs> I'd rather just have, all right, I'm going to swing the shit out of this one. Oh, I'm going to maybe half this one. But I don't need to be in there like, all right, I need to do this, 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 this. I need to, you know what I mean? I can't. I'm not that good of a player. The reason why I'm getting becoming a gooder, a gooder, <laughs> a better player is because I'm not thinking at all. Like, I'm just going up there and hitting the shit out of the ball, and it feels pretty yeah, good. You barely know what state you're in when you're playing. Mm-hmm. True. This last weekend, at least. Yeah. Valid. Mm-hmm. No, I knew. I knew. I was just very – I was much – I was a way above it. You know what I mean? I was way up there in the clouds there. And maybe a better golfer. Does the PGA test? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. It's stupid. I, I don't know. understand why they do. They test for street drugs. I think the main thing they want to test for is the – what do they call it? Beta blockers that supposedly can calm calm your nerves. Yeah, it slows I guess. your heart People rate like, down or something. Yeah, your heart rate. What is it? I know there's something that you can't take. That is it what like your snipers take? Yeah, I don't know what it is, but it's it, a beta blocker for like people that I think it was for your heart or for something <laughs> where. Volume? Like people that are performing in front of big groups, they'll take it. If you're like a musician or whatever, I guess it's I don't know. I don't know. Xanax. <laughs> is that what it is? Xanax is, is not allowed. I would assume Xanax, Xanax would does help the golf. do those beta, things. Beta blockers cause your heart to beat more slowly and with less force, which lowers blood pressure. Is that Xanax? Uh, it just says beta blockers. I couldn't <laughs> Xanax tell you. is a benzo. I don't know if benzos are beta blockers. Valium does. Those things all put me to sleep. Those things mm-hmm. you guys are referring to there. They put me at. Uh, it some, works. Some example ones are, oh, there's a lot of. Ace Batolo. Oh, that's probably the one. The uh, Ace Batolo? Yeah. Oh, they're actually other names. Zibita, uh, Leprozo, Corgard, Bistolic, Indrel. Are these just beta blockers, or are these what yeah. PGA tests for? That's the beta blockers. What does PGA test for? PGA tests for everything, including the beta blockers? I believe so, yeah. So I can't just be high as a motherfucker out there? I do not think so. That's a shame. That would make golf better, maybe. You just had a bunch of high guys out there. Start your own league. <laughs> PGA. Pat's Golf Association. Yep. <laughs> Do you golf completely sober? Yeah, usually. I mean, not in the past, but now I do a lot. I cigar city though. Uh, yeah, you have to be blowing through cigars. Actually. Oh yeah, it was cigar a night. Oil. It was it was hot. It was humid. I mean, I probably smoked twelve cigars. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, slow day. They go, they go down so fast on the golf course. They really do. I can't do cigars. It, just the next day, I can't even. I just don't be a baby. <laughs> Uh, the drugs that PJ does do is uh, marijuana, cocaine, ecstasy, PCP, and meth. Why? Oh, that was good. PCP makes me a great golfer. <laughs> <laughs> See what I do with PCP? Tiger Woods on PCP. <laughs> I've never tried that. That that was the one where the one person cut off the other person's dick, right? I mean, that's like the PCP does stuff like that. Oh yeah, like yeah. PCP bath salts. PCP terrible drug. Bath salts bad. Is PCP angel dust or is it different? I believe so. Now the dust is a different category. Yeah, because you could 
people lace stuff with the dust, yeah. I believe. I don't think yeah. they lace. Oh, they do lace with PCP, yeah. I think. Yeah. Chris is PCP still big? Like, are people still? Oh, yeah. Be, big time. Yeah, but you got to remember, the idiot that just said that is the same guy that was telling kids they should smoke cigarettes today. I mean, <laughs> they should. Like, we are, at a, we are at a point where I think we have become smart with the things that we are utilizing as vices, I think. Now, granted, the vape thing really came through. They, they got me, by the way. The propaganda. I don't want to say propaganda. Yeah, maybe. We were down in yep. Winston-Salem, North Carolina, mm -hmm. and this was in the middle of the big vape push. Winston-Salem is the home of tobacco, right? Like legit home of tobacco down there. They had a town hall meeting while we were down there about the dangers of vaping. Okay, this is the same town that was creating tobacco, cigarettes, pumping uh, nicotine and carcinogens into this shit. Hell so yeah. They had a full town hall against vaping, and big tobacco went hard against vaping. They got me. I they I stopped. I was like, I don't need this popcorn lung. I don't need to be getting this going. So I, they completely stopped me. It worked. But I feel like I'd never been on the cigarettes train ever. I don't know how or why Sorry. you would. But boy, if Winston-Salem starts coming after weed, I will go back down there and I will speak at that town hall. I'll let them know that right now. Winston-Salem should probably, maybe they, they do have some like undisclosed areas where they're getting into the weed game. Don't you think a big company like that would want to get in? And I think they were getting into the vape game too. I'm sure, yeah. There's all kind of weird conspiracies about the whole vape situation. Like what companies want to try to make it illegal and all this stuff and they're just trying to pump. Like there's all, there's, it's, there's too much money to be had, man. Did you say conspiracies? You want to talk about some conspiracies? Is that what oh, you said? Oh, AJ. Oh, no. oh AJ, man. Don't you do they it. got her. <laughs> Don't say her name. Don't say her name. They got your girl, man. Whoa. She's not my girl. You think they've had her? They've, they've had to know oh, for a while. Yeah. They've, they've had to be talking with her, and she's been cooperating, probably working out a deal on when I'm going to come in. Yeah, and I would assume, you know, CIA, diners, probably going to have some problems. But the when, when she was in New Hampshire, right? She was in New Hampshire. I didn't know that. I, I assume she was overseas somewhere. Careful. They got her in New Hampshire. New Hampshire, live free or die. Well, she's not going to live free, and I think there's a chance she might. Mm. Oh, yeah. oh, no. Don't want to say it, but. Don't do it. Doorknob. Okay. Hey, this could be an explosive weekend if that lady starts talking. Whoa. Come on, dude. Why would you do that? We're going to get what taken happened? down. This show's over. Are we still live? Taken down. I'm gonna ask. What happened? I don't know. You, you, I don't know. You know, know. You know, you know who, who happened. happened. I don't know what happened. You son. Uh, I don't know how to talk about this without really talking. You think she survives to talk? No. I don't think so either. You? No chance. I don't think there's... Oh, Jay's cackling over here. What, Jay? Nothing. Just the whole thing's funny. I don't know. Whoa. Oh! Jay! Jay! It was open mic night. Jesus, Jay. What are we doing, Jay? Hey, if Jay is going to say something, we need to hear it. Because Jay doesn't speak on here. I know. And then he goes, the whole thing's funny, and then mutes his mic. <laughs> yeah. it's like, Mid-sentence, he mutes his own mic. <laughs> Wait a second, Jay. Unbelievable. Could be an explosive weekend, though. That late. I, yeah. Didn't you think it would be bigger news? The fact that. Well, that's the point. Well, wow. That's the entire point, yeah. my friend. That is the entire point, as they say. I mean, it's the number one trend on Twitter. I still, by the way. Big it is still the number one trend on Twitter, which everybody assumed would get. Um, beat in the trending topics mm -hmm. quickly and it's been pretty That's interesting right. it's been they, up there why are companies um i haven't figured out an exact reason why companies are are boycotting facebook do you know why this is happening oh because they changed their whole layout in the, the browser it's so bad now no. <laughs> <laughs> i don't think it's because of the design i don't think it's because of the optics I don't. 
I don't like, think so. Like, what, do people uh, like do you cancel iTunes when they change the user interface and like oh, update yeah. it? Zito like, oh, does. Man, I was so used oh, yeah. to the old old school style. Hey, you know that disrespect uh, bin that I put people in, just hold grudges against. Zito does that for anybody that changes the optics of what he actually likes. So that's why he was out on Facebook and <laughs> iTunes. I'd assume at this point. At one point, yeah. Um, I think people are out on Facebook due to Zuckerberg is what. He's he's testifies every other day. I think every other day he's testifying. He's allowing hate speech. Is that why yeah. they're saying he's and lies propaganda? They mm-hmm. say and and what, what was he was monitoring or filtering the news that he was deciding to show on Facebook as well? How it handles misinformation. And he's wearing those Adidas flip flops. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just he's a lot to it. So I think that is why. But those same. Uh, is it the right or left, or is it everybody? Well, who's coming after him? I do believe it is the left that is coming harshest at Mark Zuckerberg, but I would assume that the right is not happy with Twitter now. So they're starting. I mean, there is, I mean, there is, you know, in a time where I thought we were potentially going to come together to talk, it really feels like potentially lines are being drawn very hard and people are just separating further and further away from each other. And as somebody that loves to not get involved in that as a spectator, it's been an interesting couple weeks here. It's been an interesting couple weeks here, this whole thing. What's a big deal? Like Facebook, did their advertisers, wasn't it some crazy number? Like Coca-Cola, these giant companies were pulling out. Well, and then a couple years ago, obviously there was a massive fake number thing happening with Facebook, which Mm -hmm. I think is happening on a couple other platforms as well. I mean, What do you mean fake number? Just fake numbers, fake views, which Lots. means as soon as uh, you put fake views on, then you can upcharge the advertisers more money, which helps out everybody. It, it happened in a podcast game like a couple years ago. People's numbers were all getting inflated, and then they were ripping it, and then a fraud case came down on people because advertisers were getting charged a rate that they thought they were getting, and it weren't real numbers. Something happened with Facebook, I think, like, I don't know, a year ago maybe, with fake numbers. They've had to change it all. It's a very interesting world, this whole social media business thing, because there is a lot of fucking money on it. A lot people, of money on it. Are people still buying followers, like on Instagram and Twitter? People buy viewers. We do know that on YouTube. How does that work? How do you, what is that, like, what do you do? Uh, I'm not sure. We haven't gone through the process, but I believe somebody shows up in your DMs and says, you want 100,000 new followers? What? And then, because I've gotten like 100 of those messages from people, and I think if you go through it, but the issue is with these people is that do this. And I thought the purge that happened on Twitter was potentially going to be an eye-opener for people when people are losing 300, 400,000 followers overnight out of nowhere. Oh, no. Whenever you do things like this, people are going to find out. You know, like all you're really doing is fucking your future self. That's all you're really doing because your advertisers aren't going to be happy. Uh, you're lying to people about this. And ultimately, in the end, you're going to get exposed, I think. So you're going to get got. You're going to get got. You got to get yours, I guess, early, but you're going to mm-hmm. get got at some point. Yeah, if I mean, you wanted to buy viewers for like a YouTube video and you say, Billy like knows. I, yep. Billy Farm. Farm. What if I go out there and I'm, say I'm looking at some video and it's got 19 views? And I come back seven minutes later. The person makes that transaction, transaction, and there's two hundred eighty thousand. Is it like that? It's just all of a sudden show a bunch of views. I'm not sure if that's exactly how it works. Uh, can you can you pay a certain amount just to get editing rights on the numbers, uh, Bill? Can you? Hey, Bill, Billy. What's up? How do people pay for these views, whether it's on YouTube during a live show for concurrent viewers or for videos afterwards? Is it the same way that somebody shows up in the DMs and says, hey, you could buy this? Is that how it works? Uh, you can just do like a Google search, like how do people, like buying YouTube viewers or something like that. And like they have packages. It's like you pay this much. How for, much? I think it's like the one time we looked at it because we were suspicious of it happening. It was like 15 bucks, for like 8,000 viewers or something. 
Yeah, so it's not that much money, and it makes your numbers look a lot better, but there's no activity in any of your shit. So it's like, for instance, for Twitter, there was somebody that came on our, was supposed to come on our show or did come on our show, and I didn't know this person existed, but they had a lot of followers. And I was very surprised on Twitter because I feel like I, I don't want to say OG at Twitter, but I've been around Twitter a long time. I feel like I know who the movers and shakers on Twitter are. I, I've I've spent a lot of, invested yeah. a lot of hours. Gary v, like guys like Gary Vee and other people. Well, Bingo. Exactly. Yeah, I just, I just yeah. searched it right now, Pat. Uh, $27 gets you 5,000 views. 50 bucks gets you 1,000 subscribers. I don't know what SEO ranking is. It sure sounds like dumping them up. But. Search yeah. engine optimization. <laughs> 32 bucks <laughs> is uh, a thousand of those dump bots. And you can tell like the shows that do it because like they uh, immediately like, okay, now you have 8,000 viewers the second you go live. As Whereas like other shows will build up to the to their end number. Yeah, and then there's no activity. So like yeah. this guy on Twitter, he was supposed to come on the show and he was coming on the show strictly because he had a bunch of followers is what we were told. Mm -hmm. So then I didn't know about him. So I went to his Twitter and I scrolled through his Twitter and I saw zero activity on any of his tweets. So if you have a few hundred thousand followers and you're getting zero retweets, one, because my worst tweet, at least somebody will retweet it. Just my followers might feel bad for me for how bad it is. So if you see somebody with that big of a number with no action on any of their shit, it's like, oh, this is clearly, this is clearly a fake number here. You know? So it's a very, it's very, very interesting. It's just very, that whole game is interesting. And that, that's one of the downfalls, by the way, of like business to social media. But in the end, the truth always comes out. It's just the way it is. The truth always wins. That's how it goes. Remember when uh, the last purge, Ray Lewis lost 350,000 oh. followers. And many others. He wasn't the just, only I one. I thought he was the only one. And it's like some uh, some certain draft shows that thought they were competing on YouTube <laughs> decided, oh, we have 100,000 people watching and five people in the comments. <laughs> ah. mm. Interesting. That's oh. when Billy started investigating, by the way. Yeah. That, that was when. What was that? Well, we had a uh, massive draft show, and we thought it was a big joke, the numbers we were putting up compared to everybody else, right? Like we, because we're relatively new to the YouTube game at that point. The draft special was our first real, you know, like special thing that we did. And we we're looking at the numbers. We went live for what, four and a half, five hours. Yeah, oh yeah. So I didn't even really see a lot of the numbers. I'd go out to go piss or whatever, and people would be like, there is a lot of people watching this. And I'm like, really? That's awesome. Like, And then afterwards, we had a full like debrief after the draft or whatever. And that was when Mad Mel had just taken over the internet at that point for his uh, excitement for the Jordan Love pick. And then. I was like, well, how, did anybody else have any shows or whatever? We started going through everybody else's shows that were live in their numbers. And then old Billy Tubes was like, this one's a fucking liar right here. This one right <laughs> here is a liar. So we, Billy watched the entire thing back. Not the entire thing, but like at least the first hour. And he was like, there's no, there's zero action on this thing. So that's when we got into all this information that this just happened here is because we did some investigating because we would like to know if we're on a level playing field here, if we're going to try to be, compete as a YouTube show, you know, against other people, we'd like to know there's a level playing field. And we found it like, oh, it's like 20 bucks for 5,000 views. That's, I assume people are pulling the trigger on that all the time. We refuse to do it because truth will come out. And that said show was tweeting out bragging about their uh, numbers. Being bigger than our show. Mm -hmm. So that... Didn't you go on that show, Pat, the no. next day? No. No, no, it's oh, not it's that not, show. It's not yeah. that show. Okay. It was some no name. Bingo. Well, you can buy like you can buy Yelp reviews even or Amazon reviews. You can do all that. I'm on it. <laughs> the Amazon one is a is a scary one because you trust those. Oh yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't yeah. know you could buy Yelp reviews. Mm -hmm. I always assumed the people that own the place were just the uh, mm. people that go into the comments. I didn't know you could buy them. Did AQ Shipley get <laughs> the 75 what was it 75 five star reviews 76. was that real yeah who knows aq <laughs> ordered pizza in uh, michigan from a place that had 75 five star reviews that's it
right? And he was like, it's going to be great pizza, 75 five-star reviews. I was like, those aren't real. Like, those are probably just the employees. He's like, no, no. <laughs> and then it showed up, worst pizza I've ever had. Cheesesteak pizza, though, was next Delicious. level. But the rest of the pizza was very bad. If this place did it. Uh, for 20 reviews, is 390 bucks. See, you can't trust anything on this internet. You literally can't trust anything. Like right now, we're at 9,000 concurrent viewers. What, 100 bucks? We're up to 20,000 concurrent viewers. That's yeah. a much different number than 9,000. <laughs> <laughs> what is our number just starts going? 100,000 through the roof. <laughs> it's climbing. Isn't that only for people that aren't paying attention or are stupid? Like, would yeah. it, don't you think advertisers, if they're truly going to invest in a show, like they're going to actually look at that? Some companies. Younger companies know, you know, like younger companies know, but there's a lot of companies that like Coca-Cola, for instance, pulling out of Facebook, like they're an older company. Now I love Coke. Let's not get crazy. Uh, I, I am a Coke fan, uh, Sprite next level. I am a Coke, but they don't really know the game. You know, like there's a lot of companies that don't know the game, so they have no idea and they're presented with something and they're like, oh, this is it. I, I've had a lot of hilarious conversations with a lot of businesses about what they're looking for and all this shit. And I'm like, well, none of those numbers matter. Like, I, I don't know. That number right there does not matter. I swear, you'd be kind of, I could just cook this entire thing and fuck you over, but that number right there does not matter at all. I just wanna let you know that. And it's like a, it's an education game because it's still relatively new, this digital marketing for a lot of those old companies. And they have no idea, especially, they have no clue that you can just buy 10,000 uh, views or anything like that. I mean, you just have no idea. That's why it's a, uh, it's a crazy world. It's the modern day gold rush, this internet. Wild, it's a wild modern West. day gold rush. It is, and it's a wild, wild west. Yeah. yeah. And are you, have you been mining for uh, Bitcoin? Do you have like a big room in your house? Ooh, don't bring servers? it up. Ooh. Don't bring it up. AJ. We have 100 oh, servers. Why Four subject. Why, what's he talking about here? When Bitcoin uh, first started popping off, I was offered one. I was offered one or two, like how many, however many do you want? One or like one full Bitcoin, that's a lot of cash. Yeah. yeah, but it was when it was starting. I was offered a Bitcoin, and uh, I think maybe two, actually. Like, hey, we have two. And uh, I said, I don't know what the fuck it is. It sounds like fake money. Get the fuck out of here. I'd rather buy a professional <laughs> wrestling ring. I'd rather buy 200 shots at this bar that I'll never come back to. I'd rather do that instead of buying a Bitcoin. Then fast forward, I don't know, five, six years, and it's pff, that would have been worth probably a couple million dollars or something like that. Good for me. Good for them. Wait, did, they, were giving, they were offering you the ability to buy it, mm -hmm. or were they going to gift it to you? I was going to have to buy it. At least you can buy pizza with your bitcoins. That would be a lot worse. Level prices, though. This yeah. is probably the first, may, might be the second ever Bitcoin ever found. Like it was way back. And I think after I made the decision, I went back to Pittsburgh. I was like, somebody offered me up a fucking Bitcoin. I said, get out of here. I'm not doing fake money, bro. Don't somebody have monopoly money. And my smart friend was like, no, you should have bought that. And I'm like, nah, I don't do that. Let's go buy a bunch of drinks for people. Let's get out of here. All right, I'll do that too. Yeah, it's cool. And then five, six years <laughs> later, the whole craze is this crypto money. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you remember, I could have had. Like one of the first ones I couldn't even imagine. Just like my Moroccan nuts, the argon oil. Oh, no. that, was, uh, that was supposed to be me. I mean, it, these are these are a couple misses. You know, so you're gonna get got. Okay, you just gotta get yours more. And you get got though. You, I feel like you're an investor though. In what companies? Nah. Really? I mean, I don't just like throw money at companies or friends that are doing things. No, but I mean, I, I do plenty of stuff that it was outside of football that I started back in the day and continue. How are they couple, doing? Pretty good. A couple people I trust. Are they doing pretty good? Yeah. I mean, I'm very conservative in anything I do. Like, I'm not trying to go, oh, I need to become a billionaire overnight. I'm not doing that. Hey, Z, or do you want to buy some Z coins? Would be cool, hey, though. Could make <laughs> a billionaire overnight. You got a diverse port portfolio. Mm -hmm. Z coins, new big thing. Diversify. Z coins? Oh, yeah. 
They're big. Is everything? You think everything would be spelled correctly on those? <laughs> Probably. Oh. I don't know. It's actually Z E E T K O Y N S. Get them now while they're hot. Seat coins, dude. Hey, you, what's this commercial you made 14 years ago, recircling the internet for right now? Oh, on I don't it. know what you're talking about. You Bro, because you're not on the internet ever, but now that your face is on the internet, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, not Friday this week, but every other week, I think people are like, oh, let's recycle this son of a bitch. You're out, you're in commercials on the internet. Every other day I get somebody send me a picture of you on the internet with- for, for, uh, Was it on it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Submit company, great company. Oh, so they're still paying you. Okay, good. What? Are you an investor in on it? I'm, I'm an ambassador to the wow. company. With the company. Oh. Yeah. I got in early wow. when it started. That's oh, so you're an investor? Not really. Hmm. I may have some sweat equity in the deal. Oh, oh there it is. There it is. Here's one of the companies we're talking about. Mm -hmm. You well, this, and Joe this, Rogan. This is a different thing. I was, yeah, that's a little different than anything else I've done. Well, it's you and Joe Rogan. Nah, I mean, yeah. Joe, yeah, Joe owns a big chunk of the company, of course, oh, yeah. but I did not your business get connected through Joe. Did you ever meet Joe Rogan or? No, man. I wish. <laughs> Me too, man. So you say you know his real number, right? Yeah, that he's getting paid. Yeah. Yeah, I know his real number. Yeah, I know his real number. Like, why was it such a different? Like, didn't someone first off said, "Oh, two hundred ninety million, and then all of a sudden it kind of settled back to a hundred. That's not it. It's more than that. I know, but I'm saying, like, why did all of a sudden now everyone's like, "Oh, he signed a hundred million dollar deal with Spotify"? Does that mean per year? Well, he does have a per year deal. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. I know the number, and I don't know where do how. You get the, where do you get your the number, though? That's the thing. Like AJ, uh -oh. I know everybody sees me, you know, dance monkey dance on this microphone. <laughs> okay, I know everybody sees that. I know everybody. Every day I'm coming in here. What's going on? Let's talk to sports. Let's talk to life. Let's get at it. But then as soon as this show ends, okay, you know what I put on? I put on my business glasses, my friend, okay? Ooh. And I do calls in my office. And in said calls, people are trying to get things. People are trying to do deals together. I have to listen through a lot of bullshit. I have to read through contracts. I have to do all of that. And in those conversations, I potentially was told exactly what he's making and what I should be expecting if I was ever to do a deal like that with some entity. Cool glasses. Thank you. Cool glasses. Cool glasses. Appreciate cool glasses. that. You too, by the way. Cool Thank glasses. Thank you. Cool glasses. Thank Ty you. had cool some glasses. more earlier. Don't have them on anymore. Very cool. Oh, wait. Ty? Ty? Cool, cool glasses. Cool glasses. Thank you. Cool glasses. So that's what happens. That's how I learn all that stuff. I just, I get flooded with BS on a daily basis and I just have to kind of wade through it. And that's the problem with this office is I go in there with my kayak through the bullshit <laughs> and then I come out and this whole office is turned on somebody. It's just next level. It's, it's unbelievable. It's be unbelievable. like that sometimes. You come out and you got to go through stage five white water rapids. Yeah, I, I kayak through the bullshit and I finally get through and then I come on out of the office and they're like, this guy stinks. I'm like, oh my God, I fucking turned the thing around. And I'm, going, <laughs> I'm going back into my office. You know what I mean? That's, that's what it is all day, every day. So is there, is there anybody you stand up for though that you come out of your office after one of these great calls and everyone? they're killing somebody and you're like oh come on guys this guy's actually a really good person he stands up for almost every single one every single time just because i assume that these conversations are happening about me somewhere and i would like for somebody to be like mm. guys come on except for the times he comes out of the office says i just had a call 
That guy stunk. <laughs> that does happen. That, that does happen. And then I usually give an announcement like, uh, boys, probably not going to be doing business with insert name of business here ever. Just want to, because there's some, hey, there's some disrespectful shit to said to me in some of these calls. And they think I'm some stooge. And then we add it to our list of companies never to talk about. Yep. Comedy Central, for instance, is a company I would never fucking do business with. Ever. Like, how do they? But they're coming to you. They want your services or what's your your platform? Why would why would they be disrespectful? What would they say? You know, when you know you're worse, people of power don't love it. And that's all I gotta say about that. Preach. Okay. You got some great advice before you did some. Um, some TV work, I believe, by some execs. I remember. What's that? What did the guy tell you? Um, what are we gonna? Are we gonna? You gonna entertain us today, oh, Pat? Jesus, hold on. We cannot. Hey, we could not get into that. <laughs> we could not get. Nobody into knows that. where, what network, who it was, but yeah, like AJ, that, that was so. AJ, AJ, we know. Get the kayak, turn it around. What did he say exactly? What was said to you though? From who? I mean, those types of things happen on a regular there basis a, with a lot of there these. There was somebody that. I, I talked to you about when you were doing something, and some guy said to me, like, well, let's see what you got, Pat. Or what you got. <laughs> oh, my God. It's actually a pretty good impression. Pretty good. Oh, you guys know? You guys know oh, yeah, we know. Oh, yeah, we know. Strong weasel oh, yeah. impression. Come on, AJ, yeah. we know. What did he say, though, Pat? I'm trying to know the exact like wording. So you're going to make us laugh, huh? <laughs> People say you're funny, huh? You make me. I'll be impressed. I'll be surprised. Huh? Are you going to make me laugh? Jeez. Sir, I don't give a fuck if I make you laugh. I, I couldn't take it anymore. I, 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 I tried to be as nice as possible. I tried to be as nice as I possibly could. Oh, you're going to be funny, huh? They say you're funny. I don't see it, but are you going to make me laugh? <laughs> sir, I don't give a fuck if I make you laugh, sir. Okay, get the fuck out of my face. And I'll stand up now and look over top of you and leave. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. I, hey, I, I feel like I'm genuinely a mostly positive guy. But boy, very, if, very, I, very if I sense some disrespectful tone through the phone by somebody that I don't respect, oh, those conversations become hilarious. <laughs> I mean, those things become absolutely. You, just, you can't hold back like you, you can't just stay quiet and get off the phone? No. I've been muted before. I heard somebody say something. Became unmuted. Became unmuted with a lot of people in there. I said, well, yeah, see, that's just. And that's why you guys are in a position that you're in and I'm in a position that I'm in because of what you just said there, sir. And uh, then there'll obviously be a little bit, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Oh, yeah, but you did. <laughs> but you did. Comedy Central was the best. That comment that, that that person made to you, like, oh, you're going to make us laugh? You know, I don't see it, Pat, whatever. That just goes back to what we talked about earlier in the show. Total lack of awareness. Oh. Like, you're not being a, a boss or a higher up and, and help promoting, like, putting your, your this talent in the best position to do well. Like, that's, there's just no reason to ever say that. Well, do you know... Oh, AJ, you are putting me in a position right here. Why? AJ. AJ. You know AJ. why. I'm not AJ. even sure who said it to you. you yes, know. you do. Oh, okay. Yes, okay. you do. Okay. Yeah, that's why you wanted it to come. Yeah, look, you're having the time of your <laughs> fucking life in there. I just want to let you know that. Good poker face. Was it the same guy who did the OH to a full package? <laughs> 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 that guy, too. He's in the same, he's in the same bin as that guy is. I just want to let you know that. Comedy Central told me, we did some stuff with Blake Griffin. He was funny. We could potentially see how you might be funny as well. And I just, all right, got to go. Hung up the phone. I'm out of here. I, I don't even want to. All right, I will see you later. It's I just mean, Comedy Central is, I don't know. Is, do they have a big online presence? Like, do they I still have shows, like new that. shows they're producing? They're bringing back Beavis and Butthead. That show stinks. 
They are. Some people really like that show. I'm, I'm not one of them, but what you just said there, I think will ignite some f- uh, fires for you on the internet. That's fine. I mean, Emmett likes it. Never seen it. Emmett is bummed. Yeah. I've never seen it. Oh. Emmett, Emmett, I never heard of it. Emmett, hey, Emmett had a good day today, by the way. Emmett came into work. He's not supposed to be here today. He's learning how to video edit in here. He came in, interrupted our entire pre-show meeting, obviously, but he got past that. Had a great minutes in the first show. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mick came in today with a mindset that he was going to try to become a better, you know, human today. And I, I've really been impressed by uh, yeah. Mick today. Can't better wait till the old. Uh, the final, whenever he does the minutes, he's got Connor breathing over his shoulder back there from the little yeah. booth. Oh, co- <laughs> cool glasses, man. Cool glasses. <laughs> Connor, like, what does Connor's day to day look like when he leaves oh. the studio? <laughs> Nobody knows. He's got two trees. He's got two trees mm-hmm. that he planted, and uh, he got ripped off from one of them. Yep. He, mm-hmm. he Wait, pets- at the rental house? Do you plant trees at your rental house? Perhaps. They're in uh, pots. They're in pots. One's name's oh, okay. Calypso, and the other mm-hmm. one is Bonsai Bonnie. Bonsai Bonnie, yeah. Plays video games. Do a lot good. of that. Yeah, I do a lot of just staring at walls. I, I look at uh, museums living sometimes. Living the dream, man. Yeah. That guy's living the dream. Cut back to that. Living the dream. Living the dream. Everyone in the world just smokes cigarettes. Don't forget. Don't Even AJ said. He let off the show with that this morning. I was like, I don't even know if we're allowed to do it, let alone the fact that we brought up Epstein's lady getting arrested. That could have taken us off. But now we have a guy openly promoting one of the worst things on earth, cigarettes. I mean, it's just. It's, it's not about the cigarettes. It's about the conversation. It's about the people. Let's get to these minutes, huh? we got a three-day weekend ahead of us. Mm-hmm. Here we go, Mitt. Go. Here we go, yeah. Mitt. Come on, Mitt, sit up. Man. Sorry, we had to wake you up yeah, there, Mitt. Jesus. Jeez. He's been yawning all Hey, long show, too. by the way, today. <laughs> hour and 15 minutes here. Long show, Mitt. AJ, you have anything you want to say to Mitt here before he gets started? You know what? I have a lot of faith in Mitt today. Like, I know he's, it's a, he's in the Thunderdome right now. He's sitting mm-hmm. there. Everybody's looking at him. you got 19 people staring at him. Whoever, no, 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 no. We are no. socially distanced, and there's only Six. eight of us. How many? Eight. Okay. Eight guys breathing down his neck. You know that it would be a very difficult situation to be in Emmett's shoes right now. So I have faith. I think he's gonna he's gonna kill it. Hundred percent. No mistakes. Add Let's this go, to the Jay. minutes. Jet passing sent me a text. Oh, oh. 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 he goes. I am so sorry. I missed that message last night. Can we go tomorrow? We don't have a show tomorrow, Jet. He knew that. And he said I can hop on now too if need be. I'm calling him. Oh, he gets it. Jet gets it. That these, was, these baseball guys, man. That was 32 minutes ago, though. He, do, he does not want to be excommunicated. No, no, no. He does not. Baseball guys get it? Hey, listen. You know how they do it on Survivor? Yeah, he saw... You are the weakest <laughs> The tribe is smoking. I will do that. Okay, I am not scared. I am not scared to do it. I've been deleting friends and, and people from my life long before Facebook had you do it. Mm-hmm. See you later. Can't do it. Have to move on. He saw you in the corner of the island making an alliance. Like, hey, how about we vote? Fucking Jedi. Me and Buster Oni are over there cooking up. (laughs) (laughs) Sean Casey, by the way, might be. Oh, Oh, no. Jet. Did Jet get replaced by Sean Casey? Sean Casey. What was the one where he said boom? Bees to uh, Ken Griffey walking out of the hotel. Me and Ken Griffey Jr., we had very different lives. I walk out of the hotel, nobody did anything. Ken Griffey walks out of the hotel. It's like, bees on honey. Boom! And the, the way he was telling, he was. Hey. Magnificent on the show. BP? Yeah, he said, uh, Ken Griffey would always take early BP. For me, I'd go out there, you know, I'm trying to spray one out the left, spray one in the center, spray one out the right, you know, maybe trap it along. Ken Griffey was trying, he was hitting balls out of the state. I mean, he was just so, he was amazing. And it was his birthday. So, yeah. home run, home run. 
of a day. With you ever did you talk about his uh, his routine every every after every single pitch? How he'd step out and redo his gloves nineteen times. He had the same little routine. It took for oh, no it was more. Awesome. I didn't know that. I wish I would have known. Remember that. that. You could find Zito can pull it up for you at some point. Oh, it's it's it good. Right? Like he the took forever. Was. It was really fun to watch. <laughs> I'm supposed to go to my fucking baseball guy. Ty, like, these are the things. What, what happened last time? Tell me Uke was the biggest chewer, yeah, Hall yeah, of Fame yeah, yeah. chewer. Hey, listen, everyone is still fucking reeling from <laughs> from that, realizing Uke doesn't jaw. And now Sean Casey, we did the Eucalyptus batting stance, right? That mm-hmm. was a good piece of information. Oh. Now Sean Casey has this glove thing, and we don't know about that. Ty, I feel like you're the baseball guy. These are things that are supposed to be listen, said. Listen, he's in the NL Central. I wasn't watching a lot of Sean Casey film growing <laughs> up. All right, AJ should have fucking texted you last night. He knew the mayor was coming on the that show. That is true. AJ should have told me that is something you should have told me i assumed you knew that hey he'll be on this show at some point very soon mm-hmm. oh yeah please do i'd love to talk old reds with him when that season when the season starts oh, oh. sean casey's our guy sorry you know, kendrick jr's got a son who oh, yeah. i don't know he's a he college football Steelers. player where is he he was he at arizona and then he went to the steelers uh he was on the practice squad for a little bit i don't believe he's on the practice squad anymore for the steelers he's, he's got another one in college though right oh ken griffey Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but Sean Casey, classic. He's a yinzer through and through, by the way. He he was wrestling with Ken Griffey Jr. one day, he said, and he had him in a headlock, and Ken Griffey grabbed him underneath his rib cage in two pressure points and basically lifted him up off the thing, and he was like, oh, that's why this guy has hit 630 home runs or something mm-hmm. like that. Ken Griffey, smoothest, coolest dude of all time, played during the steroid era, kept his name clean, and he's handled being a superstar in such beautiful fashion. That's a, hey, that's a legend, right? Ken Griffey yeah. is a legend. Through yeah. and through. My dog growing up, his name was Griffey. For the dad? After Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah, Jr. maybe the dad too. Senior a little bit. Gryffindor. His other son is going to Florida A&M. Nice call. Okay. Rather athletic family. Good yeah. for them. What do you think the kid McAfee's going to do? He's going to be a washed out bum, huh? Uh, doctor or Alex? PGA Tour. Washed out bum. He's going to be a washed out bum. Put that baseball From the hand. jump? Make From day lefty. one he is? Like, don't you have to get to that point? No, we gotta have a plan whenever you know, whenever he pops out. Like, hey, this is what we're doing, bub. All right, you're throwing knuckleballs with your left hand, okay, and that's what we're doing for the next 18 years. Good luck. Is there any lefty knuckleballers? No, nope. little McAfee's gonna be though. Wait till he fucking goes out to t-ball and all that shit. When a coaches normally pitch, no, no, little McAfee's out there throwing knuckleballs at these kids. Some of them might get away and hit some people in the face. Might cause some problems with other parents. But in 18 years, I know what's happening. First overall pick, the knuckleballer who can pitch for another 40 years because I guess they say it doesn't take a lot off your arm, right? Mm-hmm. No, no. Yeah, Bang. You're going to want him to throw cheese as well. Knuckleball is a nice off-speed yeah. pitch. Wakefield was the last one, yeah. Wakefield sure. pitched for 35 years. All right, Is cheese fastball? Yes. Yeah. So he's got a fastball. This kid's fastball, by the way. He brings this thing. I mean, he goes. If he, can, kid. If he can mix it up, that'd be. Like, yeah. So what happens, though, like, Say he gets drafted number one overall and he signs a five hundred million dollar contract. Then is he supposed to give you a big chunk of that? Is that what you're back? Your bank? Well, I think on? there is a fee yeah, of some I mean, sort. Yeah, I mean, I did yeah. create What's this. What's the fee? Yeah. Dad fee? You got to yeah. give him twenty five percent. Creator fee. I'll give him twenty. I mean, what Creator. do you, you tell me? You tell me you didn't you didn't take care of Pistol at all? Wow, that's why he's Jeez. fucking terrible at golf. You didn't yeah. give him enough money to go golf. Jeez, buy him some clubs, on, AJ. Age. One time, plays more now than ever. Just wait. My kid and I are going to be quite a little tag team. Mm-hmm. I believe it. What if you have a girl? What's that? Yeah, you heard me. I hear what you said. Okay. Then we'll just move on. I'm getting her a set of golf clubs early. Or a tennis racket. By the way. (laughs) I did hear you, yeah. There are are plenty of times where I can't hear you because I've mentioned on the show when, if we're talking at the same time, it, it... 
mutes it out, so I can't hear what you're saying. Let's test it out. We can still hear you fine. How's that dirt so is it coming out like for the people watching? Well, it just depends. The people at home probably hear what we hear, which is we can hear both. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Last lefty knuckleball pitcher was in 2006. All right. What's the name? That's going to be a tough one. It is. But you have a good point, Pat. Why wouldn't more young kids work on throwing a knuckle when you could? It doesn't damage your arm like everything else. Is it gotten easier to hit? Like because it, young kids fucking take a ride for knuckleballs. They don't move a lot. It's like fucking just lobbing one in not there. Not enough distance. Yeah. So it's hard to if stay you focused. A don't you? Don't you always? All these like Wakefield started. He was a starter, wasn't he? Then he turned into a knuckleball. Yeah. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You remember there was that thing Wakefield did that like academy where they were trying to find other professional athletes who could potentially become knuckleballers. That was a show. Hmm. I watched that show. It was on late night. I forget what channel it was. And I thought, oh, so anybody can just become a knuckleballer? Like, could I become a knuckleballer? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a a great. Everybody knows I'm good with a bat in my hand. I mean, Mm -hmm. got on base with the wrong side of the plate and I become a knuckleballer. Maybe I'm really a dual threat weapon here for somebody. Pittsburgh Pirates, probably. Probably. probably Wakefield was a great pirate. Uh, Doug Flutie was on that show, too. Yeah. So what was the name of the show? Can you pull up the picture of it? Go be a Yankee. You and Russ. Me and Russell Wilson, New York Yankees. So that was that really Russell's backyard where he has that field? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Dang. That's awesome. It is awesome. And Sean Kingston performed afterwards. Mm-hmm. I told you about that. What if if Sean Paul was there, then I would really be excited. <laughs> Sean Paul? Sean Paul, man, he makes anything he's on is a hit. Fire burning. Temperature. Dirty, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's on Sean a bunch Kingston. of songs don't you don't know, like you don't even realize. Baby Legalized, Pitbull, right? Pitbull's still the best live performer. Well, yeah, it's Mr. Well, right. Pitbull, best live performer, hands down. He would give Garth a run for his money. Whoa. Wow. With energy and passion and speaking in between songs. That's like bold. he really would. Mm-hmm. Dale, bro. Dale. I mean, not Mr. Worldwide Dale. for that reason. No. He has a what, a Bud Light deal? Mm-hmm. He yep. has a Pepsi deal. Pepsi. Yep. Pepsi. Mm-hmm. That's not what it's doing. You you ever seen uh, Dale Pitbull back in the day? He had cornrows. No, I didn't. Yeah, really? cornrows, and then he got linked up with Lil John, I think, and then he became the modern Mister Worldwide that we see now. Just three hundred five. Well, he's so he's smart. He he collabs with giant stars. He like all of, like when I saw him play at this charity thing, all the songs. I'm like, oh okay, this is the song he did with Rihanna. This is the song he did with Chris Brown. Like he had. He has monster hits that he just teams up and does. It. He's smart, man. Hey, you know who disappeared in that genre? Flow Rider. Oh, oh, I mean, that, you can only make so many bangers. bottom jeans. Flow Rider. One, one of his songs lyrics had need need vodka more shampoo or something like that. More shampoo. Don't need no vodka. He was literally just looking. F- he went to like rhyme. Time.com yeah. mm-hmm. and just would it would say one word and he would just pull those words and then it did not matter if they were actual sentences or anything just as long as it he, he used his voice as an instrument more so mm-hmm. than as a storyteller but he made bangers that I had a guy. bad running with him huh I had a bad running with him Florida oh yeah when never mind T-Pain false alarm mm. wow uh, wow holy wow. shit you can't do that in Florida yikes you're a terrible guy what both from Florida so yeah, what does that have to do with anything? Tallahassee and Flo. T Pain did sh- shoot down Zito. Oh, big time! Rather hard. Oh, yeah. Jamie Foxx, though, complete flip side. He yeah. loved me. Hey, he's playing Tyson. I guess mm-hmm. he's gonna be great. Wait, where did Jamie Foxx 
Where did you see him and him and Zito hit it off? Super Bowl. Super Bowl party, yeah. Green Z- room. Zito told him with a straight face, you're the greatest fictional running back in the history of television. Quarterback, but yeah. Quarterback. Greatest fictional quarterback in the history. And Jamie, good pop. Yeah, it was funny because he only moved in angles. He didn't go straight. Like He was just like left, right, left, right. Training for Tyson. Yeah, and then he dabbed me up and then went on to do a performance. And then what happened? Oh, come on. Don't bring that up. What happened? Go ahead, Nick. Say it. Celebrities in Zito do not make well, it Jimmy well. Fox is in the... Young Jeezy yeah. Toozy. Don't forget Jeezy. Buster Rhymes. Buster uh, Rhymes. Grab yeah. Zito by the throat and fucking... <laughs> no, 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 no. Are you serious? Oh, yeah, no, I went, in, I went for the dead. Break your neck, huh? Nod your head and break your neck. That's what they did to you? I went in for the handshake, and then uh, he kind of slightly went to the left. His bodyguard came in heavy with the right and took me out. Buster Rhymes took you out? Oh, yeah. His bodyguard. Buster Rhymes see? has a bodyguard? Mm-hmm. Four of them. It, yeah, Buster Rhymes is like isn't a Buster big Rhymes? Boy. Oh, he's, oh, he's, yeah, he's huge. Big. He was. It was when he was heavy too. So he was like, "Whoa, you just got him fat." That's probably why. Zito was like, "Ah, Buster!" <laughs> <laughs> and Wait, who had go. issues with Drew Brees? Uh, Ty has oh, me. Yeah. He liked me. <laughs> Drew he did like actually. Drew elbowed Ty in the back of the head trying yep. to reach Cuban Zeet, mm-hmm. who was getting yelled at by Jeezy. That makes Bowl. sense too. At Radio Row no, Super Bowl. It doesn't make well, sense. well, it does because just because they're both, you know, what. Whoa. I, I don't have what? to finish it. <laughs> I think Talking you kind of do. Do it. Well, they're both good people. Who? Drew Brees and Zeke. Whoa. That's what you Thank meant? You. Yeah. Thank you. I don't know if that's good or not. So what? We got the last five minutes of the show here. Do you want to do anything here? Do you, Connor, are you just trying to? No, not me. Get something off your chest, Connor? You got, you got something to say? Well, I mean, I've said my piece on Drew Brees. I think we all recall how I addressed him last time we had our Madden match tie. And that's, <laughs> I'll leave it at that. He was in the game, though, for you. Yeah, that that actually was a flaw in the game. Uh, there's one package the Saints have where the third string quarterback automatically goes in, which would have been Taysom Hill. But in my scenario, it was that scumbag number nine. Whoa! Oh. He came around, dude. Remember, he admitted his mistake. Came around for some people. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to go. He's going to get his head. Taken I, I don't know how here. that's. I don't know how that's going to go for Drew Brees. I, I honestly don't died know. Died down mostly, right? He's kind of stayed quiet. For well, the there's been like 17, 18 other things that have happened mm-hmm. since then, but. I don't know how that's going to go at some point. Players won't forget that either. Will they? Like, Zadarius Smith, like, quote tweeted that with the eyes, like, circling when they, the Packers play the Saints on the calendar. Like, are, well, I mean, guys aren't going to forget that. That would be awesome if, like, Tiger, no, not Tiger, Jordan. You know how Jordan made up things to, like, make him pissed off, like that Utah jazz coach or whatever came mm-hmm. into dinner and yeah. didn't say hello to him. And it turned out that that story was not true or something like that. That'd be funny that now everybody does have an actual <laughs> like yeah. potential reason for his initial reaction there. The it would be interesting to see how I don't know. This year is gonna be very, very, very compelling, I think, to see how it all plays out. Very, very compelling. I would say you don't think the NFL season's in jeopardy, do you? I don't, man. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Pre-season. I'm not gonna say, but like the SEC says they're playing. They're gonna figure out a way to play. So I know college football is definitely in debt. Like, there's, we're not as confident in college football. But I feel like the NFL, yeah, there's probably not going to be fans there, but they're going to play, aren't they? NFL is going to happen. They're not going to have preseason games. Brandon McManus uh, is a player rep for the Denver Broncos, friend of mine, kicker. They had a league-wide call yesterday to talk about preseason and adjustments. He's playing to Tahoe this year, by the way. Brandon McManus did? Yeah, I just saw him on the list. He was trying to get in there for the last couple of years. I think he's pretty good at golf. I think he's pretty I'm good. I'm sure he's good at golf. Yeah, all the kickers out there are. Yeah, well, that's probably why I don't get along with a lot of the kickers. So, mm. you know, spend time golfing. 
I'm out there getting better at kicking. We're we're going on a damn craft. But he said that, because somebody said, look for the preseason to get cut in half. And then he quote tweeted that and said, actually look for about one game to zero games potentially. And that was right after the NFLPA had a league-wide call. So the preseason is potentially going to fall victim to the circumstance of COVID-19. And I'll tell you what, every player that it was ever worth a damn that's going to play on a team is very upset about that. I mean, absolutely bummed out. They get a chance to play not only for the name on their back, but for the logo on the side of their helmet for those preseason games it does stink for guys who maybe you know 50 to 53 man on the roster kind of have a chance to maybe put on a show put some film out there for other people but boy a large majority of humans in the nfl despise preseason games and it's just now if the players are seeing this as a way out of preseason games i could see why it's uh yeah i mean what, are we caring about COVID 19 or i mean we got four, i mean let's just let's get them all out of there the let's, get, let's get them all out of there great move by the players and i respect it and i know exactly why they're doing it what well, is but for the players yeah the, the preseason games didn't really mean anything and whatever you didn't love it but at least it gave you that like two to four day window where you weren't going to be killing each other in practice. Now with no preseason games, is it going to be like old school training camps where you have six weeks of camp and there's just practice and you're wearing full pads for the majority of it and you got to you got to recreate those preseason games and those reps? Maybe they'll have an intra-squad practices. No chance this year. All right. They're not, you think they're going to travel and bring teams together before they need to for an actual game in camp? Yeah, because then what's the difference of what's the difference of a game? I don't know. So you would have to have inner squad, I guess, matches on a very regular basis. You would have to They're have not going to. They're not doing any of that this year. That's already been taken off the table. I think. No, but I'm saying inter. I'm sorry, intra maybe. Oh, whichever one you mean. Yeah, with your own team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You'll go ones on ones a lot more. Yeah. So ones, but threes on threes. So they'll be able to judge. And it might be like, you ever go play pickup basketball? I mean, not since I was like 15, but yeah. Okay, Jeez. but pick up basketball. There's always court one, mm-hmm. and then there's like court two, and then there's court oh. three, and then there's like court four. And whenever you, if it's your first time there, you kind of like sit on court four, and then if you get good, you move up to court three, and then you move up to court two, and then you move up to court one where there's normally bleachers and some people watching. In the I think that's potentially what training camp's going to be for a lot of teams. Like, all right, let's put the bums over here so they don't know how to practice yet. We don't know if they're going to make the team. Let's not get them around any of our players that we could potentially get hurt who have to get better here quickly. But then if they show a little bit of promise, let's move them up over here. Let's keep doing that because they're going to have to somehow get reps against each other with good reps, but you're also going to have to be very precautious to the people that are getting reps against the good players because if they don't know how to practice very easily could injure somebody that's a problem really a problem oh yeah especially when you're young trying to make a team like you definitely you may even know how to practice but you can't even help yourself like you know like i gotta go a thousand miles an hour at all times i gotta make every catch i gotta make sure i'm secure in every kind of tackle and all of a sudden next thing you know you're rolling up into aaron Rodgers or brett Favre. how hard is that because like for corners for instance practice corners they're not supposed to jump and make a play or dive and catch. It's like stay on your feet. But if the wide receiver makes a play over top of you, completely okay. And the coaches are always like telling the corner, like, we know you would have made the play. Like, we know you would have made the play. But 
just stay safe. Let's keep people healthy. That's much more important to this than your one pass breakup right here. That has to be so hard for like a young guy who maybe hasn't had a chance yet, though, who's going against like a good player. And there's a 50-50 ball there. And everything in his life has told him to go up, high point that thing, and rip it down. But if you do that and you end up landing on an ankle and take him, you're guaranteed off the team. Like that, that is not even – that has to be a tough thing to adjust to. Learning how to practice is a massive part of the NFL, I think, from my spectator point of view from watching practice and some guys have literally been cut because they can't practice they're too reckless it's like hey yeah you may be special teamer for us good stuff but when you're on the field you're a liability because you might take out some of our guys we got to get you out of here yeah i can't trust you like a coach is never going to put somebody in he can't trust and if you can't learn how to practice how to control yourself and control your body the way you're taking care of your teammates but still getting good work yeah you're not going to be on the team especially i mean if you're a stud i mean that's the thing though guys that have been around, they know how to practice a little bit. There's always a few wild cards, the guys that just go 5,000 miles an hour at all times and are running into the backs of people, but they're just that good they can get away with it a little bit. Will you stay away from the fucking quarterback? <laughs> 10 times a day at every NFL practice, right there. Every single practice. Good teams know how to practice without hurting the fucking quarterback! <laughs> True, yeah, I mean, that's the, the number one, yeah. Good teams, like your coach got to call it up, Stop practice in the middle of it because all of a sudden our quarterback has hit his hand on some helmet. practice squad player's helmet four times in a row. We're like, hey, like, okay, you're not just don't even run by him. Like, if you are blitzing and you're running the scout cards, come up. Like, guys would start to celebrate sometimes when they would get a fake sack, like on Aaron in practice. Like, they that's the guy you know who's not going to be around very long. If he's on the practice squad, he comes in on design blitz that they knew was going to screw up the offensive line, but it was Wednesday and we're trying to work on this next week's blitz package of what this defense has coming at us and you go and like bump into the quarterback or you run and you you're running right at him full speed and you duck right the last minute and run under his arm like the worst thing you could ever do is get in the way of his hand so he could hit it and all of a sudden he's got to get tommy john surgery and the season's over and every coach gets fired and their families have to move like that's what happens (laughs) (laughs) that is what's potentially going to happen though this training camp they're going to have to it's going to be i think it's going to be one of those where like you have to earn because they're going to have to go. Like, ones are going to have to go at each other, which is not normal, right? Coach is going to be juiced from the beginning, from mm-hmm. the jump, too. When they finally get their hands on the players, like, the good coaches will find a way to work it and have a good balance between the two. But a lot of coaches are going to be so juiced and so ready to go, they are going to beat the hell out of their team the first 10 days, probably. Tom McMahon, um, Tom McMahon, he won me over uh, in training camp. I think it was my first year or whatever with Tom McMahon. In special teams drills, by the way, that's – Hey, you make the team on special teams. That is how a lot of young guys. So there's a couple young guys every single year that whenever they're trying to rush a punt, they go and they block the punt, right? So they they come all the way in, helmets on. I'm potentially going to kick them right in the helmet. Tom McMahon was not standing for. I mean, he he literally stopped the practice, kicked the guy off the field, and then in the meeting the next day, he went through the whole thing. He was like, "You see this guy? Act like he's fucking Andrew Luck." Okay, don't even go close to him. And I was like, Tom, my guy. Yeah. <laughs> we should tell Grigson to treat me like I'm Andrew Luck too. <laughs> let's, hey, let's do that. Let's do that move. He was like, you see this guy? You don't even come close to him. And I was like, Tom, thank you. Because my last couple special teams coaches in training camp, if somebody got a block, they were like celebrated. And I'm getting flipped over people. Like, it was, it was a very interesting situation. I'm like, thank you, Tom. Like, I can't thank you enough. And I think Tom was strictly doing it to try to, you know, make me feel good. And he did. It was a successful operation. I felt very good. But those are those are scary. To, I'm so th- – if I was currently playing and I had already established myself and they're asking how many preseason games we want to play, 
Boy, I'm voting very hard on that zero number very, very quickly. Very, I don't know if it's sustainable. I think preseason does have a little bit of a purpose. Like, I think two games, I think it is two. you get some two guys some reps, you get some film, you get to see it. Uh, in, but for the time being, hey, with the way the world is, get, you just got to cancel them all. Yeah. Get them out of there. I mean, it's for the safety of the players and the staff and the, in the cities. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the cities. The cancel why, them all. Why, why are they canceled? It's because now we're just – we want to push back until the last possible minute when we have to travel mm-hmm. and, and move these teams around. We don't want to bring them together three or four weeks before that. Do you see some team came out and said, and and I think they of day of travel. Yeah, that person has never traveled or played a sport in their life. By the way, that is a terrible idea. Bengals did that a few times back in the day. Makes sense. They bus. They like bus to Pittsburgh the morning of a game. That makes a hundred percent sense. You guys come to your outdoor practice field. We'll do a walkthrough, and then uh, we'll drive in the bus for six hours and then we'll just kick it off let's just do this whole thing that makes sense but nowadays i mean i guess it would protect the safety from the hotels and stuff like that but you're going to see some older players uh some other players that are going to look like shit i mean just absolute shit out there unless the tour doll can kick in a lot faster the traveling day of thing i think science has come out and said like terrible idea like we know high schoolers do it because it's kind of what has to happen but Everything else kind of a terrible idea, concept-wise. Injuries, a lot of injuries are waiting to happen. Dehydration. Like you tell me Seattle's going to be able to fly to some mm. of the, any of their games day of? Well, if Antonio Brown's on that team, they'll be able to beat whoever the fuck they want. <laughs> uh-huh. That, hey. The Seahawks I, make perfect sense for Antonio Brown. Like the, the culture that Pete Carroll has created seems like he would thrive if he was catching balls and being very productive and they were winning. He will be fine. Dude, he's so good. I feel like um, I'm beating a dead horse at this point, just banging on the drum. But I have danced with that man with 53 and a third wide in the middle of a game. Man, he's slow. And I have never seen anybody that explosive on a cut. I mean, the cut is just so explosive. And it turns out I'm not the only victim of it. Like, there is every corner basically in the league has been that, and that is why he's such a good receiver. But wherever he goes, and I said this, and I think I don't know what your thoughts are on it, and I don't know if I've said it on this show or not. Wherever he goes, he's wide receiver number one. Wherever he goes. Does not matter where. Maybe the Chiefs he's not. But anywhere he goes, he's wide receiver number one. Do you agree with that? I don't know about anywhere. I mean, if you went through the teams, like if he went to the Cardinals, which he won't, he's not. He's not wide receiver one there. Larry's more of a slot at this point, isn't he? Well, Larry DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, true. They, true. They D-hop, him too, D-hop but, would be one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, most likely he is definitely. Whether you want to label him wide receiver one or not, yeah, he is most likely the, the top guy. priority, the, the first read. He's so good at football. So good. I hate. Is, is everything in the clear? Is he good? Like, is he eligible to play? I don't know. Yeah. That's what I'm like. I was just talking. Like, I hate that all that happened. And and obviously there were some terrible allegations again. Like, not good. And who knows what's going to come from those and the investigations. Let's hope that it was all. I don't know what blown out. Whatever it is, it was terrible. But man, you're talking about a guy who, when he was on the field, dude, it was next level watching him play football. I hate that all that other shit got. And, and by the way, I know it's not just shit. It's really serious stuff. But I hate that that all got in there because he is so good at football. He's done. He's ultra competitive, too. Which was one, he six-round like, pick? Yes. Six-round pick, too. I mean, I mean, that's – damn. Central Michigan? Is he from Central yes, Michigan? Sir. Yes, sir. Fire up chips. It's like playing Steve Smith, man. <laughs> we played Steve Smith a few times, especially when, man, when he was in the Ravens when I was in Cincinnati. <laughs> that dude's a man. Like – 
he's not messing around. Like, he does not want to be tackled ever. He's going to try to knock you off if you're around a pile. Like, I, I have a lot of respect for Steve Smith. It was fun. Bad on him. Ice up, son. Yeah. Hey, Steve, Steve Smith's good on TV, too. Great. He's great on TV. I like him a lot on television. They kind of keep him in an interesting role there. I think if I was... If I had a, a rocket, I would put it on Steve Smith and go ahead and put him yeah. up. Mm-hmm. He's good on the Just let him go. Put him on a podcast and let him go with one other person or something. All right, mate. Great job on a minutes, bub. You really did well. Good work, man. Good job, job man. We got a three-day weekend ahead of us, so uh, getting a little antsy, to be honest. I'm probably going to hit the pool, probably Stairmaster. Oh. Uh-huh. I'm going to sleep in. I haven't slept in in 10 days. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm going to sleep in a little bit, get a little snoozy snooze, and... Maybe close a deal or two. And that's what the weekend looks like for me. AJ, what do you got? I'll be traveling. Monday, I'll be remote for the show. Oh, for Lake Tahoe. Yeah, yeah. I'm going quick Chicago thing before Tahoe. What's the quick Chicago thing? Are you trying out for the Bears? Yeah, I'm trying out. They got open tryouts. I'm going to go try to throw my hat in the ring. Hey, it's going to be harder cardio. I've seen those workouts before, those tryouts. Get ready for a cardio test, bub. Yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> hey, AJ, get some uh, get some guests out there in Tahoe. Feel free to ask if they want to come on, you know, hang out, talk. Yeah. That's good. good but I'm not going to be able to do the show out there. No, just for future. You know. yeah. yeah. What days? I'm in West Coast time zone. Well, maybe. I got to see. It would be. Maybe I can do it at least Tuesday. I get in Tuesday night, so I can't oh, do it Tuesday. Maybe Wednesday. Hold the phone. So I just want to let you know, like, you're now just telling me we don't have a show next week. I feel the same way you felt at the beginning of the show. I know. I mean, I've told you multiple times for the last three months this the week no. that I'm going to be in Tahoe. No, you didn't. You've told me? Yeah. No, you didn't. Let's I'm sure it. it's in your text as well. <laughs> Fascinating. Are you spearing somebody out there? Are you going to spear your brother because there's be no fans? Should I? Is that what we're going to have to do? Yeah. Because yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. No guest on the course either, so just you and your caddy and your your group, so... Maybe I'm going to have to. Yeah, I guess oh, he's going to have to sacrifice Spirit Carlton. Spirit Carlton. Oh, He'll be doing it. Carlton can play golf. Sorry, Alfonso can play golf. Is he not like that? Oh, I don't know. I'm sure a lot of, a lot of people would definitely call him Carlton. I'm sure he's fine with it. Well, he does it out there at that tournament every yeah, single yeah, time. He has to. Him and Justin Timberlake do it. Why don't you Spirit Timberlake, JT? I don't know if he's coming this year. You know, that lineup huh. might look awfully different. Oh, 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 no. Oh, no. no. At the end? Drop the... What are you talking about? Oh, Mitt. Oh, we're going. Jesus, pal. This guy. guy. AJ, I'll see you next week. You gotta let Mick go. No, it's an error. No, he doesn't deserve it. He guys asleep. He should be ready at all times. Sorry. You He's just playing that. a character. That's not how he really is. Oh, yeah? Really? You think? You think that's not how he Yeah, It's funny. It's a good thought. Look at that guy. <laughs> that guy is not playing a character either somehow. Somehow, someway, that human is not playing a character either. That is every single day somehow. It's a good life. It's going to make some, some lady very happy someday, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> I think there's probably a lady out there right now. That is in love with Connor Campbell. I, I, I bet you there is no some doubt. lady out there who's like, I love that Boston Connor character. And that is the only IQ below mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's the show. That is the show. The sports talk show on the internet from one to two recent standard time. So come on down for a mental vacation with the boys on YouTube live. 
So sorry to interrupt, but I need to talk to you about something that's really awesome. Change is constant, but these days it feels like there's something new to grapple with every day. We may all be adjusting to this new normal, but it's still stressful. It's important to talk about it and seek support. The future is unknown, plain and simple. And if you've been struggling with the so-called new normal, it's not just you, but stress and anxiety don't have to rule your life. Talkspace Online Therapy is here to give you that support because we all understand that we could potentially need it right now. You can match with a licensed therapist from the convenience of your device. No matter where you are, reach out to your therapist 24-7 from phone or computer and you'll hear back five days a week. Luckily, Talkspace Online Therapy can match you with a licensed therapist all from the comfort of your phone or your computer. Receive support and accountability every day to talk through challenges and stay on track with whatever you're working hard for. If anything helps reduce stress and anxiety, it's talking it out. Talkspace has thousands and thousands of licensed therapists trained in over 40 specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationship issues, and more. If you have something specific you want to work on right now, they will find someone right for you. One month on Talkspace costs about the same amount as a single in-person therapy session. But with Talkspace, you can send unlimited messages to your therapist and they'll engage with you at least five days a week. That means you never have to wait to share what's on your mind. Talkspace therapists have experience treating depression, anxiety, substance abuse, trauma, relationship issues, food and eating, and much, much more. Talkspace is secure and private using the latest encryption technology to store client information. The bottom line is that we all need to talk sometimes, and Talkspace wants to give more the support we deserve. And very much at a price we can afford. As a listener of this podcast, you can get $100 off your first month on Talkspace. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com or download the app. Make sure to use the code McAfee to get $100 off your first month. And show your support for the show. Well, you get it. They, they put that at the end there. You listening to the show is you showing your support for the show. But I think this is a very, very cool thing. I think this is a brilliant concept, good idea. And I don't think anybody should ever feel embarrassed to talk it out and become a better you, become the best you with Talkspace. That's Talkspace.com. Code McAfee, get $100 off your first month. Why not give it a try? See if it works out. Back to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now is a man who played in the NBA for 19 years. He's a world champion, a sixth man of the year, and currently an assistant coach for the University of Arizona, where he once won a national championship. You can follow him online at Jason Terry 31. Ladies and gentlemen, the Jet, Jason Terry. What's going on, man? Man, that much. How y'all doing? Good. How's that coach life at this point? Is this what you knew you were gonna always gonna do? Back in Arizona, coaching a little bit, a whole different world, I assume. Uh, it's definitely a whole different world. But uh, you know, my last four or five years in the league, in preparation for, you know, my post playing career, you know, I, I prepared myself. 
I studied up, and uh, man, this recruiting has been something else. I mean, this calls at two in the morning, three in the morning. You know, you got kids from overseas, so you got to adjust your time zone. Uh, but hey, it, it's something I love to do. I'm passionate about it, and the using that platform to impact lives and you know make a difference in these young men's lives at this point in their career. Is something that I'm very passionate about. Being a college coach is a massive deal. You're taking these boys and turning them into men. And it's not just on the court, it's off the court. There's a lot of pressure in that. I'm happy that somebody who is as accomplished and as successful as you signed up to do that because to be honest, a lot of players, a lot of OGs, especially people that play 19 years in whatever profession, do not want to jump back into the coaching world because of the time commitment that you just mentioned. So thankful that you're doing that. Good for you. Good for the University of Arizona. Let's talk NBA basketball, which you were a legend at, okay? I mean, absolute legend. I still remember remember the headband bouncing around but you were <laughs> number seven overall in three-pointers made in the nba but you were doing that in a time where the three-point shot was not the focal point do you ever think and watch when you're watching the golden state warriors or kevin durant and go damn if i was about 10 years younger i might have been able to play for 55 years and score <laughs> seven thousand points uh Nah, no, no doubt about it uh, you know what it's just the evolution of our game and it's fun to watch uh, but for me, I just used the three-point line as as a weapon, right? My my game was more of uh, mid-range pull-up, uh, get to the, the right side of the floor off of a two-man game action. Uh, the three was just something that evolved, and over a accumulation of time, you know, I was able to put up a large amount of numbers and, and makes. But, hey, it's part of the game. We love it. Uh, and, again, if, like you said, if I played in this era, of course, I'd be hoisting 10 to 15 threes a game. <laughs> I played for the Houston Rockets for two years, and I just, it was hard for me to make that adjustment. You know, I always thought the best shot was the easiest shot, and for me, it was the pull up jumper, but they hated it. And, um, you know, it was hard to adjust to. Aside from you, obviously, let's take you out of the conversation. Who's the best three point shooter you've ever seen? I mean, Steph Curry is, is phenomenal because of the variety of ways and the range at which and efficiency at which he does it at. But man, Clay Thompson, man, he is just pure. He is a pure as it comes when you're talking about fundamentally sound, quick release, uh, and just a hair trigger, man. He gets them off no quicker than any other guy that I've ever seen. I mean, Ray Allen was a monster. Reggie Miller obviously is my OG, but Clay Thompson to me, man, is, is just the purest shooter that I've ever seen. Is it just because, like, with Steph, it feels like, and I don't know basketball and shooting as well as I probably should, but with Steph, it feels like it's just like a feel thing, and he kind of comes and goes yeah. into the feel. With Clay, it is technique, and anytime you're in a massive yes. moment, technique ultimately wins. That's why practice is so important, because when those moments get tight and you might get a little bit nerves, nervous, you fall back on your technique. Is that why you think Clay Thompson is more likely to be successful for the long haul, because his technique is just flawless? 100%. I mean, his, his technique, bar none, if you watch him, the high release, the follow through, the form, and the uh, quickness that he gets his shot off with uh, is it, just pure beauty. Uh, Steph, I mean, Steph is unorthodox. I mean, he, he's slinging that thing from the hip. He might <laughs> hook shot it in. He's shooting it from 50 feet. I mean, it, it's just, 
I don't know how he does it, but he does, and he gets it off, um, and they go in. But I just, like you said, the technique of a Clay Thompson, to me, as a shooter, is just fundamentally sound as they come. Well, let's talk about the current NBA a little bit more. That Golden State team stunk this year. Good for them. They don't have to go down to the COVID-19 biodome in Orlando. For With what you're right. hearing, I mean, 19 years in the league, you obviously got friends that are still in the league, coaches, players, everybody. You're still connected in there, especially with being at the University of Arizona. Whenever we start started learning about what the day-to-day could be like down there, the more and more questions started to arise about whether or not players were going to be able to handle this mentally as opposed to physically. Whenever it comes to being locked away from your family for 35 to 40 days at least and away from any other recreational activity, how do you think this is all going to play out? Like, How, how do you think the Dome down in Orlando is going to play out from a player-human perspective? Well, I always said champions adapt and adjust to adversity. And there is no other adversity than being in a, like you said, a biodome, a, 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 a atmosphere where that you're out of your norm. You're out of your normal routine. You're not with your family. So you're out of your comfort zone. And so the ones that are able to mentally lock in and focus, um, obviously, physically, everybody has been at a disadvantage, you know, really not being able to be in their workout routine and their regiment. Um, but obviously this quick training camp then you'll play eight games now you're right into playoff mentality so the guys that have had that experience Kawhi Leonard LeBron James uh, those champions the guys have had that championship pedigree are the ones that should be able to adapt and adjust uh, the easiest and that therefore you will see those players I mean excel in, in this type of environment but I would not overlook Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks those guys are young they're hungry and that kid's just a different animal he is a I got to see him play against the Atlanta Hawks before the quarantine Vince Carter came out hit a couple fadeaways (laughs) it was unbelievable to watch that but watching Giannis run up and down the court it's like that that human right there is built different than every other human that's on earth right now no, no doubt. And I was there with Giannis for two years in Milwaukee. And I never seen a guy in his third or fourth season. I was in the locker room one day. I passed by his locker and I, I looked at his uh, screensaver. And, man, his screensaver was the Larry O'Brien trophy. So he already, had, in his third year, was already focusing in on winning the championship. Not his contract, not being a Hall of Famer, not trying to make it to the All-Star game. He was locked in on the Larry O'Brien trophy and what it was going to take for him to win the championship. I mean, that's unbelievable. I mean, they showed the Jimmy grew up in in Greece that he played from, and then yeah. he gets over here, and then he makes it to the league, and they're like, oh, he's nowhere near where he's going to be. And then his first year, second year, and then third. And then now he's getting to the point where this guy, he takes no prisoners and is scared of absolutely nobody. Is there anybody on the – I got to play in a celebrity basketball game here, and a bone collector uh, fouled me a little bit, you know, and he, he and I got squared up there for a little bit, and he started shaking, and I thought he was going to have – and I just backed up, right? Like, the easiest defense here is I'm just going to back up, back off this thing is there anybody you played against in your years where you like look like did not look forward to the evening like this could be a long night for me i tell you what it, man stefan marbury for me was probably the toughest cover other than Allen iverson but steph he was physical he was strong he was quick he was explosive and he would just come at you every single possession and he always had the ball in his hands man i mean he retired early at early age and then went on to China, had a, a Hall of Fame career. But, I mean, just just watching him and, and having to 
man, you went to sleep early the night before you faced that guy. <laughs> I mean, he was that physical of a force at the point guard position. Well, it was amazing he was doing that in those Starberries, too. Those shoes were not comfortable. <laughs> that was the other thing, man. You got to be careful going up against a guy in shoes like that. I mean, I wore Reeboks for, 10, for 15 years. That's why my feet still hurt. Starberries <laughs> 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 or something else. Good. Yeah, Jay, you talked about going against him, but like you played you played with Dirk. You pl- t- talked about playing with Giannis and, and James Harden. Who was like the best scorer that, that you played with? Oh, I mean, James Harden, bar none, uh, will go down as top three best scorers of all time. I mean, watching that guy and the ability to get off a shot with the defense just crowding his space, to me, was just unbelievable to watch. I mean, I watched his preparation. I watched the work he put in. Um, I mean, you know how much energy it takes to, to exert when you are dribbling 20 30 seconds i mean it just you gotta be tired but he still gets his shot off he makes them he's crafty he gets the basket his ability to create fouls and draw contact and then he shoots the three with with high efficiency as well with range i mean that that kid man i I gotta say this and a lot of people are not fans of james game but i am because i watched him and i know the work that he puts in he will win a championship before he retires uh, they just have to put the right pieces around him. I'm not a fan of the, the small ball. Yeah, if I played in that area, I would have loved it because I get to shoot all those threes. But at some point, you got to have somebody to be able to protect that paint, man, and keep guys out the middle. So if they can put the right people around James, he'll win a championship because his ability to score is crazy. But also an underrated part of his game is his ability to facilitate and pass the ball. He makes pinpoint passes just like LeBron, uh, Chris Paul, all those guys. We're talking to Jason Terry at Jason Terry 31. He's currently the assistant coach at the University of Arizona. Um, I'm going to ask you a very real question here, Jet. All right. Am I allowed to call you Jet? Oh, yeah. 100%. Is that what your friends say? They're like, hey, Jet, is that, is that what your friends say? Yeah. The, the, the NBA brethren call me the Jet. Arizona guys call me JT. Uh, but I like Coach Jet. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about Coach Jet. The college basketball yep. world, I think, and I don't, I haven't dug in deep, but I believe there's going to be maybe a hundred to two hundred college basketball coaches that are going to get banned for life from the NCAA. From what I, I mean, if you if you look into this thing, I, I mean, who knows what's going on with uh, deals being made and there's all this stuff happening, and the NCAA is going to have to adjust in the modern world. But you're probably going to be a head coach very, very soon. Is that is that something that is obviously a goal? Any, any assistant coach wants to become a head coach, but you're going to be a head coach very, very soon, it feels like. No doubt. I, I definitely aspire to be a head coach, you know, at the Division One level. Uh, but for me right now, it, it's all about learning, right? There's so many nuances that you have to learn about the college game, right? Compliance, uh, recruiting. Uh, just just all those little nuances. The X's and O's, I, I got that. I mean, that takes care of itself. I've learned from some of the best uh, basketball minds there is. Avery Johnson, Don Nelson, Rick Carlisle, Jason Kidd. You know, all those guys served as mentors for me in that facet. But for me, it's about the little rules. Like, the NCAA has so many oh. different rules. I graduated in 99. Like, this rule book changes every year. And it's funny, I've been on the job for about a month now. I call compliance once a day trying to figure out, can I text this guy? Can I, this guy? I mean, it's just so many, can I use the bathroom? Like, it's just crazy. 
it's just too many, too many little rules that you can get caught up on. But uh, it's a part of the game. It's something that you have to adapt and adjust to. Well, that's what champions do, Jet, and that's what you are, the champion over there. I can't thank you enough for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, follow him at JasonTerry31. Thanks for making time for us today. Good luck out there. Ladies and gentlemen, the Jet, Jason, JT, Coach Jet, Jason Terry. Yeah. Uh, Jet Terry. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate you. Yeah, have a good one. All right, all right. I appreciate you all for listening. It's been a hell of a week. Hell of a five days. Some incredible conversations with some cool people. And none of it's possible without you listening. So I can't thank you enough. Forever indebted to you. From all of us to all of you, thank you. I hope you have a great 4th of July weekend. Do the fireworks. Do the sparklers, do the cookouts, do the pools, do the hey, hey, USA chants, and we'll see you back next week. Hope you have the greatest weekend of your life. Tuesday, more magic from us to you. We can't thank you enough. Ty, please play some independent music. Wait, Ty, do not play that music yet. I believe everybody thought I forgot, and maybe I did, but we're still here. 15% off the entire store, store.patmagvishow.com, when you use promo code hashtag end of pod squad. That is the promo code hashtag end of pod squad, 15% off the entire store, store.patmagvishow.com for the weekend. The only people that I don't know are the people that listen to the end of these shows. And I thank you for that. You guys are the best. The best! <laughs> All right, now, Ty, let's play that music. Enchanté.
Ciao, ciao.